What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 41 of the Video Game Pals of Pals Network's weekly video game podcast, where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games and news and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. We're here to talk about video games and news and how it all makes us feel, and that week, we're here to make you feel... This week? Yeah, that means... This week, that means I can talk. <laughs> we're here to make you feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> That joke wow, would have been you so much better it. if you had actually done it, yeah. You want me yeah, to take s- another pass at that and just, like, punish future <laughs> Phil? <laughs> no, no, we're living with your mistakes. You just, that's, that's, that, that's what happened, and, you know, you don't always, you don't always nail the shot, man. You, it's the you beauty of life. You miss every yeah. shot you don't take. Also, living with your mistakes, a guide for Pete's parents. Hey! <laughs> 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 it's Christ. funny because it's true. <laughs> real comedy comes from a real place, you guys. You know, <laughs> this got real. All right. So, also joining me is the Edge Lord with the heart of gold, Mister Robert Thompson. Hey, don't look at me. <laughs> All right, the Guildmaster himself, Mister Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. And the esports Dynamo, Miss Peggy Ford. It me. So, uh, welcome back to the show. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. Um, so, we're going to kick the show off the way we sometimes do, by talking about what we're playing this week. Um, I've got a lot to talk about. Does anybody else want to jump in before me? Ooh, wait. Can we, before we get into what we're playing this week, can we well, announce yeah. our big winner? Oh, yeah, sure. Do we have one? I don't know. No. No, oh, you don't know. even know? I don't you fucking don't. pulled this we out like it's one. like, oh, oh if we don't have one, the big winner is Thompson. <laughs> that's See, what, that's we what I'm said. saying, man. That's what we said is right in here's, to deny Thompson his birthright. So here's what if we're nobody do. did, I think, Thompson gets his birthright. Here's here's what I think we're going to do. Here's what I think we're going to do. Let's, let's do this one more time. It's the beginning of the show. It's the top of the hour. You're going to give him the offer one more time. We have one more week to write in for this Owlboy code. Do you want to demand a recount to... when there was no I votes? I want to demand a recount. Yeah, I, don't, I want to demand a recount. You're going to deny my birthright so... twice. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Jackson, motherfucker, come on you gotta now. you got to work for Owlboy, okay? You can't, you can't throw... Mm. Here's the thing, okay. Thompson. Did you, did you write in? I didn't did need to. Did you write to. your essay? I didn't you need to. You were supposed to. to. That, no. All right, no. okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you missed the show last <laughs> week, uh, near the end, Andy threw out that uh, if you wrote in a sh- with a short essay about why you deserved a copy of Owlboy more than Thompson, that you could get yourself a free Owlboy code. So we're gonna we're gonna give you one more week to do this. Go right into the video game pals at gmail.com. and uh, if you can explain why you're more worthy than the man who looks just like Thor, um, you'll win yourself a free copy of Owlboy. I, I can promise you, if I get this game, I'll play it. Unlike some people, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Only Thor could lift the hammer, and apparently only Thompson can install Owlboy, which is basically the same thing, right? <laughs> well, are you worthy enough to play Owlboy is the question. That's what that's what we need to know. So hit us up with that, and uh, you can get yourself a free game. All you got to do is write in. So, uh, yeah, remember, hit us up this week, and uh, you can win yourself a free copy of Owlboy. Don't deny me. So with that, uh, we'll talk about what we're playing this week. So nobody else was ready to jump in, so I'm just going to go ahead. Um, so before I get into the, the new hotness, uh, I did just want to throw out there that I finally finished Breath of the Goddamn Wild. Hey! I have over 80 hours on the clock, 72 shrines under my belt. Congrats. Fucking. Wait, 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 wait. Did you finish all the shrines? 
No. But you didn't finish the game. Yeah, what the hell? Oh, yeah, no. Did you still come at me with that? No, didn't, yeah, no, I mean, you come didn't on. finish the game. Did you upgrade it? I did beat Ganon and the credits rolled. The game is fucking over. You could do that in 20 minutes. You could do that in 20 minutes. It's like Pete's the kind of guy who plays Far Cry 4, waits for the guy to come back, the credits roll. Yeah. Man, yeah. I beat oh, Far Cry 4 and it only took me 10 get minutes. The fuck yeah, fuck out of here. He eats dinner with him. 80 hours into that 100% completion is when you beat the game. 80 hours eating oh, wait, dinner wait, with, wait, uh... Wait, 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 okay. wait, did you get the memories? Did you get all the memories? Yeah, I got all the memories. Did yeah, you, you didn't finish the game, though, because you didn't get the shrines. The, <laughs> the Korok seeds are bullshit. You don't need to get those. Yeah, the you do. The shrines you need to finish. Did you get the Master Sword? Did you get sword? the DLC, too, because then you didn't beat the game. Oh, get the fuck out of here. So all you right, didn't you know beat what? the game. All right, okay, cool, great. Great talk, you guys. So <laughs> let's talk about the other game that I played this week, which was Monster Hunter World. Woo! I picked it up. Uh, I know, Peggy, you've also got your hands on it. Uh, um, yeah, we were actually talking about this because I have had it for four days, and t- counting today, so it's a, yeah. it's like noon today, um, and I've played it for 41 hours. Oh my god! That's awesome. Jesus Christ, Peggy! That's fucking yep. badass! Peggy's better you're at hunting f- monsters than you, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely. I have not put in 40 hours into it the was, game yet. I think I've put in about, uh, I didn't probably... realize it. Maybe like eight. Like that's I, not, not a super amount. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's a normal, healthy response. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've had it for I think three days now. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little behind you, but uh, a little. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> a little. Yeah, just a little. Just like 32 hours behind you. Um, but yeah, I, I'm having a ton of fun with it. Obviously, you are too. Yeah. Um, I've I've never like, really played a Monster Hunter game. Like, I, I had either. been exposed to one of them on the PS2, but it was, like, a friend of a friend's game kind of thing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so this is my first time really diving into it. Um, I'm fucking overwhelmed by a lot of it, but it's super fun. Yeah. No, Wait, I you have, mean I that Monster Hunter's just assuming you've been playing it since it was on the PS2 and it doesn't need to tell you anything? <laughs> oh, no, not even that. It's got plenty of tutorials and it's trying to teach me things. It's just like every time they introduce something new, here's like four pages of stuff for you to read of like, here's how this mechanic works and all these numbers and like every weapon has a different moveset and like, it's just like really fucking complicated. Here's like, like 90 weapons cheating. figure out how to best use them in any given situation. But like you need to pick your weapon before you go on the hunt. So like right. Yeah. So Well, it's... you can change them in Monster Hunter World. I don't know if that's different what? from other games, but you can change them like No, in the that's item different. Box. Yeah, I don't you remember can that. have um you can also have Ooh. like uh I think like what is it? Like um like hot sets, you know, like you can like have different armor sets with different weapons, like yeah. queued up, so you can like switch on the fly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't like gotten into all that yet. Well, but. I don't. I actually don't know if that's the case, but you can change everything. What's it called? You can change every piece of equipment and every weapon that you have at the campsite, and like just kind of okay. keep going. And and so what, you just have many... to bring them in your resources box. I mean, it's all it's automatically there. Oh, okay. so like everything you own is in the item box. Or in the campsite, actually, like, in the tent. Um, and then your item box is also in the tent, and really anything that you own is in there already. So, like, you have all the materials and all that. Which well, is important that's a new because, one. Yeah. But, like, I'm the support character. Like, I, I rock the hunting horn, and, like... Oh, you use the fucking bagpipe? I absolutely... No, 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 the, the Vuvuzela, actually. But, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> what's it called? Because it has that's the healing awesome. recovery and all that, so, like... Yeah. I've been playing with like friends and like my 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 clan Aquaberry Six, like the, those guys from Destiny Two, and um, 
like basically everyone else goes in attacks i just play some sick beats and it's fine i i also hit the monster but most of the time i just hit i just like either throw the life powder out. or the demon powder or like heal everyone up give them buffs and then just play the fucking <laughs> fucking time away <laughs> and then the, the monster's dead and i'm like oh cool nice yeah i've been using the sword and shield um because a lot of the that's other that's my backup yeah a lot of the other weapons just felt, like, very kind of, like, <clears throat> slow and plotting. So, like, I kind of uh-huh. liked that the Sword and Shield felt more agile. There's, like, a lot of, like, jumping and stabbing moves. And Agreed. I, w- I was into it. Um, yeah. I'm, ha- I'm having a lot of fun. I'm, I'm way more into it than I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, I had no hype going into this. Like, uh-huh. you know, we, we've kind of, like, talked around Monster Hunter a lot. But then when it, like, came out and it was, like, this movement all of a sudden, I was like, damn, like, I, this looks really fun. I'm yeah. very happy for Capcom and Monster Hunter as a series, but, like, I don't understand the movement. And, like, Dude. I've played Monster Hunter on and off for a long time. And, like, Monster Hunter World, just, like, it's Monster Hunter, but it's on consoles now. That's great. And, like, all of a sudden, it's the biggest game in the goddamn world. Yeah, it's so strange like to me, man. I it's Persona 5. It's, like, the Persona 5 of Monster Hunter. Except it's the one... Except going through to the like, mainstream. It I think sold it's more different. in its first week than Persona 5 did in its first, like, seven months. It I think it's different. Persona too, like, until, like, just... January to get five million copies. Well, like, Monster Hunter is a more accessible game than Persona, you know? Uh, is like, it? I mean, did did well. Bloodborne and, and uh, uh, what's the other one that's really hard? They have to take, like, monsters down and all that. Did that have multiplayer? Uh, I mean, Bloodburn, I think, has, like, Dark Souls as multiplayer. Yeah, Bloodburn is... the other is, one I meant. Oh, like, yeah, no, they're not really, like, multiplayer. Like, there's, like, PvP. It's, like, a... Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like this is a lot more, like, I want to play Dark Souls, but I'm too bad at it, and I would need help from my friends. Oh, Monster Hunter World, which is literally that. Hmm. I feel like that's kind of the, the appeal, because, like, I wouldn't yeah. have bought it without my all my friends buying it. Yep, like, for 100%. Sure. Um, although the SOS system has been really kind to me. Like... The SOS yeah, yeah. system is, like, so much fun to get into, and, like, I can play supports and no one gives a shit. Like, it's so Yeah, playing with fun. randoms has been actually a really good experience overall. Yeah. Like, nobody Agreed. nobody has, like, griefed me or anything. You know, yeah. it's always been people who are just legit trying to, like, get experience and help out. Um, As opposed to Dark Souls, oh, where lucky. the entire multiplayer system is, like, go fuck up some noobs. It happened yeah. to you. Don't you want to do it back? Yeah, actually, but, I do. <laughs> To respond to the thing that you said, uh, Peggy, I actually, I do think Monster Hunter World, specifically, is a little more accessible than Persona 5, just because of, like, what kind of game it is. Like, Persona 5 is, I think, easier to pick up and play, because it's like, you know, no matter who you are, you can play a turn-based RPG and, Mm. like, learn the systems, you Mm. know? Like, I think that's an easy game for uh, even non-gamers to play, um, if they're willing to figure it out. But I, I think Monster Hunter has, like, obviously always been a thing in Japan, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's a name that I think if you're into games, you know Monster Hunter. Even if you've never played Monster Hunter. Like, you know, you or I had never played a Monster Hunter game before, but obviously we knew them because, you know, a friend played them, You maybe you read about them, whatever right. it is. Mm-hmm. It has that name recognition. And then I think this game being on, you know, the modern, like, uh, most popular consoles, um, being, like more accessible because it is a little bit more uh, streamlined. They did have a lot, a few like quality of life uh, upgrades this time around that I think like a lot of players had been asking for. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think that it's hitting at the time where like online multiplayer, always active games as service is like 
that's the hot thing right now. Yeah. Getting, being able to jump on and play a game with your friends, being able to, you know, uh, stream your group on Twitch or something like that. Like this game lends itself to that stuff. Mm. And I think that's what, that's what spoke to people. Yeah. Is that like, you know, it, it's a game that does transition really well to, you know, just like fucking around with your friends. Yeah. I agree. And that's what people want to do right now in, mm. in, in playing games. Yeah. You know? Although I will say the final story mission, I'm not spoiling, but the final story mission was pretty lackluster. But mm. the, I mean the story is lame. Yeah. But the the end game stuff and like the the stuff after that is a lot of fun and I'm having a lot of fun exploring everything that's happened because of the final event in the in that final story mission. Like That's cool. A plus. I'm really excited to like actually go back and get all the armor and get all the the parts from the monsters and that sort of thing. Yeah, like, honestly, like, my biggest criticism of the game is the story. Like, the story sucks. Um, it's always I hate the char- I hate the characters, like, but that's the thing is, like, I, like, it actively is impeding my enjoyment of the game because, like, I got the game and I wanted to jump on and play with my friends, uh. but I had to play through the tutorial and the opening story missions and there was, like, three of them. And then, like, I, I've been trying to play through the story with my friends, but it, it makes you do that thing where you have to sit and play the cutscenes by yourself, and then once you get to the monster, then you hit you the can, SOS flare. You yeah. can quit, or you can quit and jump out and join your friend's game and start playing together again. You know, and like get the mission done because there are plenty of missions where you're able to play with your friends from the start, but like the major story missions, they make you play a part by yourself and then play with your friends. And it's and mostly most the, sorry. Go ahead. No, and it's like most of the parts where you're by yourself are like not even gameplay it's literally just you walking along with dialogue from characters i don't fucking care about because your fucking handler keeps on getting in fucking trouble that stupid fucking handler (laughs) i that's my biggest problem to be honest like i actually did like the story um then again i'm biased because the the field captain's played by matt mercer and i just like anything matt mercer's in but like the handler is so annoying is so incredibly annoying like i like her except when she's out in the field then everything goes wrong like when like all the times i'm playing the game yeah no no no. at one point she's like i'm coming too i'm like motherfucker just stay at the fucking camp there's a reason why you're not the fucking hunter like fucking stop I'm the sword guy. You're the nerd girl. I'm the sword. I'm the sword girl. She's the nerd girl. It's so annoying. So and I just I like don't I, get me wrong. Like I actually love her. Like I think she's awesome and all that jazz. And I really actually did like the story. But um, I just don't. I'm the, not into it. She just. Uh, it's like she, none of the characters have names. Why so like, many shit how, happened? Sorry, continue. How. How can you expect me to care about characters that don't have names? You mean you don't That's care true. about the caravanier? He's the handler, the handler or the captain yeah, or like, like no, does, I don't. They're all, Monster they're all generic world? and flat. They don't the need fucking... to have names. Their names are their jobs. It's the world of Monster Hunter. Yeah. They're lucky to be alive. You know, there's like T Rexes and shit that like walk outside. It's like he's the captain. Why? Because the other twenty eight died. You know, he, he can't bother to know someone's name anymore. If you can survive Still, the year, you'll get a name. You know. It's just like, why do we even have this? Like, why is there even this framing device of a story? Like, let or, me just, like, just, just commit to the part of the game that's fun. Yeah, like, just I know, I totally have me agree. go through the opening thing. Oh, you're now a member of the Monster Hunters Guild. Go team up with other hunters and do missions. Like, <laughs> and I Macho Man Randy just, Savage was promoting it. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage just like, listen, yeah, you brother, go hunt <laughs> monsters. Um, no, man, like, <laughs> the story has always sucked, I think, in Monster Hunter games. That's fine. But, uh, you know. I was just like thinking about it, dude. Maybe you only get a name in Monster Hunter because only the hunters can have names. Think about it; makes you special. 
Hey, they don't get names. can also have names. Well, they're cats. Of course they get names. <laughs> Come on. No, no, no. no they're no, way no. more important. If you're a hunter, you get an adjective and then the regiment that you're in. So, like, oh. gentle fourth, friendly yeah, right. fifth. Right. Yeah. Lazy okay. first. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it sounds fucked. You, you should probably, you know, play a better the game. The three adjectives so. you just gave seem like awful qualities to have for monster hunters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gentle fourth is an actual character. Like lazy gentle. is the one I made up, and then there was what was the other one? Friendly. Friendly is also one that I that I also that like Sleepy, what's called that is in the game. Oh my god. There's also a bro fifth. I might want to. Is that why like yeah. is that why he's they in need the, uh, you? He's in the canteen. Like. <laughs> Yeah, Is that why they need you and your friends whatever. because the rest of the hunters are fucking terrible? Like, yeah. oh, he just goes up and he pets the giant dinosaurs and they all like him. Yeah. They keep, you know, fucking up the caravans, but He's damn, right he is friends with that T-Rex. You have to T-Rex. capture them anyway. It's fine. <laughs> um, does Monster Hunter World do the thing that previous Monster Hunters and Japanese games in general do where instead of just having a menu system, they've got like a hub level that you have to walk around and it's dumb. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't pretty think sure. it's, but I think it's actually mapped out pretty well because I find myself not using the lift and just walking up to, to places. At least in, yeah. in my opinion. Like the workshop to the trade yard's not bad, and then the the workshop to the canteen is really easy. It's like one alleyway. Uh the gathering hub is the one I usually take the lift for, but everything else I'm I'm generally just walking around. Yeah, and the nice thing is, like, if you go to the Gathering Hub, which is, like, the online, like, room where you can meet with your party and, like, you know, like, fuck around. You can, like, arm wrestle each other and stuff. Hell yeah. There's, like, there's everything in one space. So, like, if you go to that that area, you can basically access everything in one room. Yeah. And it's super convenient. So, like, if you're playing online with a group, which is, like, how the game is meant to be played, um, you know, you won't really experience that issue. Mm. If you are in, like, the single-player world and you're just, like... Uh, hooking up with randos like yeah you've got to walk around a, a hub world but it's it's not big and to peggy's point like it's laid out in a way that makes a lot of sense so it's like it's easy to it's it's kind of like there's like staircase here staircase here hallway here hallway here and it's like not you know it, it's pretty straight liney yeah. you know it's not like you're going to be going around a bunch of corners and corridors and i've never had trouble finding where i was trying to go mm. I remember in 4 Ultimate when I had done, like, a couple hunts, I couldn't find my house. So, like, three hunts in, I was just like, man, whatever I'm doing, I gotta make sure that, like, I have it on me. You know, I can't I can't keep an inventory too tight. <laughs> I can't find my stash. I, I just gotta roll with it. So, like, I played most of the beginning of that game uh, unable to find my home. Which, you know, because of what you're talking about, not being, you know... And it's just like you got so many buildings that look all the same, and then you know eventually I, I like found my home, but then I couldn't get it to work, and then, like I couldn't find the stash in the home, and I'm like, oh, I'm just screwed, you know? Like this is over. So I'm glad that it sounds like it's laid out a little better. Yeah, that's yeah. like and the homes you get are nice too. It goes from like a, a like a under. Well, you like, can get a house. You can get a you can get a private suite, which is Whoa. I think the top, and it's nice. I like, just have a shitty room in like a barn right now. That changes <laughs> yeah. later. You go from okay. a from like. The undercarriage of a boat, whatever that's called, and then to a private room, which is kind of like a log cabin, basically, and then to Damn. a fucking castle mansion. I'm going from fucking rags to riches here. That's yeah. badass. It's it's fucking nice. And you can put pets Pe- down too, and it's really nice. So Peggy, can we like can we play together? Yes. Even though you're like way stronger than me. Yes, but the monsters will level with me. So I'm gonna get like fucking bodied. What's no, but rank? you'll have like a level 900 support, Pete. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I'll play I'm, those I'm, fat beats. It's cool. 
I'm, I'm like rank like four. Like I'm like <laughs> garbage. Like <laughs> I'm twelve. So I, I I'm trying to hit six so that I can do the Horizon content before it expires. In oh, like four I haven't days. done that by the way. I have. It's not over. It's over on like the eighth. So make sure you do it. God damn! I'll do it tonight. Yeah. Or tomorrow, um, actually, because of the whole Super Bowl thing. Drag me to it. <laughs> once you're up, once you're up level, we'll do it together. All right. Okay. Um. But yeah, so I'm having a great time with it. You know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it before the, um, you know, the craze ends or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. And mm. I definitely think if you've never played Monster Hunter, it's still like a good time to jump on. And mm. uh, if you're like a fan who's kind of like waiting and seeing like how this one turned out, um, seems like they solved a lot of the problems. So Also, really quick, I'm also actually really excited for the microtransactions on this one because then now my armor won't look like shit. Or rather, won't look like a hodgepodge of different armors that, like, you can actually get, like, there's the handler one already, the samurai one is already in, I think they're gonna add a couple more, and, like, yeah. I'm hyped, I am hyped for that. I, like, I, I feel like if you beat the Horizon one, you can unlock an Aloy skin, and I'm kinda just like, fuck, am I gonna have to reroll a female character? You get, cause... you get a Palico skin, I know that. You get yeah, you get a watcher or armor, skin. Rather, yeah. Yeah, and you can like make it look like the little the little like, you know, chicken robots. Yeah, yeah. If I um, if I can get an alloy skin for my for my female uh, whatever, like it's totally down. Absolutely would play 10,000%. Never touched Zero Dawn, but will absolutely play it for for my um, Rectify your mistakes. Peter. It, yeah, you got to play that game. I, so. I know you can like I know it's not quite an Aloy skin, but you can definitely get a Mega Man skin in Monster Hunter World, so... That's for your, uh, for your Palico as well, oh, right? Is it really? Yeah. I thought it was for you. No, I think, I think you can make your Palico look no, like a little 8-bit Mega Man. No, your Palico can be really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Currently, mine has a crown. It's great. I don't want to cover up the fact that it looks exactly like my cat, though, so I've just left the adorable little goggles on it. Nice. Yeah, my, um... um my cat right now is... also looks like my cat, but with one eye. Because he's badass. <laughs> but you're playing Monster Hunter 4, so nobody cares about that. He ends up being the chef to Monster it's, Hunter World. <laughs> it's it's in the same spirit, Pete. <laughs> I'm just busting chops. All right, so if you want to let us know what you're playing this week, or, uh, you know, write in the show here, thoughts right on the air, give us a random question of the week, any of that stuff, you can drop us a line at the video game pals at gmail.com. And remember, if you write in this week explaining why you're more worthy than Thompson, you might be able to get yourself a free copy of Owlboy. So make sure you do that. And uh, you can also follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold to stay up to date on all the cool stuff we've got going on here at The Pals Network. Uh, if you're an audio listener, we'd really appreciate it if you guys could give us a like on your platform of choice. Uh, if you really want to help us out, you can jump over to uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, which is what they call iTunes now, uh, where we're currently a five-star rated podcast. And uh, if you're on YouTube, you can do us a solid and like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and as always, share the show, however you're consuming it, with your pals so they can become our pals too. Okay, so speaking of Apple Podcasts, right? Yeah. Does it like amuse anyone that like we have all this like nomenclature that's come from like iTunes and iPods that just like won't make sense? Like what the fuck is a podcast? Like what's a pod? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. There's like, something yeah. you eat. Tide pods. Yeah. Don't, uh, eat those, don't eat those. Don't eat those. Don't eat those. Don't eat those. Don't eat you those. Don't eat those. You will die. Or there's a chance. Video game pals do you not can die. endorse the You will legitimately die. Don't be an idiot. As long no, as you don't breathe Thompson, when you do it, you, wanna... you have less of a chance of dying because you won't get it in your lungs. So if you're going to eat one, no, don't, don't breathe. Don't, 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 don't
That's my point. I mean, you shouldn't have to be told not to eat detergent. Already, but don't eat fucking Tide Pods. Why would you bring this up, Peggy? Why? I know. You're you're, you're hitting all our young, impressionable viewers. Yo, Peggy's now the mean green meme machine, Peggy (laughs) Ford. Peggy Ford's a meme lord, yeah. All right, so this isn't the meme pals, so uh, it it's going to be time really for a little be, random question of the week. That was a great segue. One of your best. It's the only way that I know how to do it. So uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, a little high high profile delay this episode. So I wanted to ask y'all, what highly anticipated game of 2018 do you think might get delayed? Um, can I can I double down and say Red Dead Two again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Anthem. I mean, that's already <laughs> no, been delayed. No. You can't again? You can't pick the ones that have already Spoiler! been delayed, guys. Spoiler. Spoilers for the news. All right, you're ruining the later segments. Come on. <laughs> think about think about you know the big the big list. Think about the stuff that's already been announced. You know what do you think might slip? Because I've I've already got one. Uh, you first. I. I, I personally think, and we haven't gotten, like, an actual hard release date on it yet, but I think Spider-Man's going to slip. Like, uh, mm. that was one of the games that was confirmed um, to have been, uh, you know, coming out in the first half of 2018. You know, I, I don't know that we're going to see that. I, I think that game's going to slip into late summer, early fall. Um, we haven't, like, they've been telling us that it's done, but they haven't shown us, like, fuck all. So I, I have a really hard time believing that the game is uh, not done with, like, QA and polish and all that stuff. So I, I could see easily see it slipping um, into the later part of the year, much like Red Dead did. Um, I'm going to piggyback off that one a- okay. and go with um, Unnamed Fire Emblem Project 2018. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, that's fair. Um, Last January, January 2017, for those of you keeping track on your home calendars, Nintendo announced that we were going to get a bunch of Fire Emblem last year, which we did, and then a mainline Fire Emblem this year, and then have said fuck all about that mainline Fire Emblem. There's no name, there's no trailers, there's no date, there's nothing except a, like a soft 2018, and either... It gets pushed back, which I think is the more likely one, or they give us the old Fallout 4 slash, like, Mario Odyssey. Mm. Slash Xenogears 2? Uh, I mean, Xenogears 2 didn't come out till December. They, like, had trailers and shit for it in the Switch presentation in January, like... Yeah, but we didn't get, like, the direct about it until about, like, two months before it came out, you know? Like, I I could see a similar strategy if, like, maybe we hear about Fire Emblem at, like, E3, and then we get it, like, late in the year. But I I think you might be right that maybe we see that slip into, like, early 2019 instead. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it slipped to early 2019. I also would be very surprised if it launched uh, simultaneously U.S. and fucking Japan. Oh. Yeah. Um, although, thinking back on it, I guess they didn't announce the uh, the Fire Emblem Echoes remake that came out last April until that same Fire Emblem Direct in January. So That's true. Like, they said... Could go either way on that one. Yeah. It's like... Although for this one, I guess they're, like, building an engine and stuff for the Switch because it's making the platform jump. Right. Who knows? So, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's a solid guess. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, like, a... A relatively soon 
Nintendo Direct that mentions it. Because I, yeah. I think that Metroid's going to be the big E3 game, and I don't think they want to put Metroid and Fire Emblem up against each other, because that would be dumb. I don't know, man. I, I don't know that Metroid's that far along, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Peggy from Memeville. Yeah, I think I think you're wrong that the biggest game is going to be one of those two for Nintendo for, at E3, because it's probably going to be what I think is going to be delayed, Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> what? It's not even a game. It's not, not even, real. Nin- yeah, it's not even a Nintendo game. There's no way that's going to be on Switch. No way. It's not real. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But. Uh, Fucking dank memes here. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think. Like, it's been delayed for so long. What's another year, right? I, I don't think it's going to be a thing. Or if it will, it's going to be late 2018 because they're going to wait until the last possible second to get that out. Yeah, I... I think I think you're probably right. I, think, I can't like, wait until E3 and they show some like really kick-ass footage and they're like coming 2019, in, 2020. In a, <laughs> I think they learned from Blizzard here, right? And I think that Kingdom Hearts is the only game in the world that could do this, but it's been so anticipated for so long and like somehow hasn't lost the steam of like hype since. Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2005? It's because Kingdom Hearts fans are like, we are all fucking sadomasochists. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, people are still excited for this game, and it's finally coming out. If if Red Dead 2 does come out October 26th, I could see Kingdom Hearts 3 launching against it in a big old fuck you to American games from Squeenix. <laughs> I don't know. I, I could see it, like, planned to come out in November and then pushing it to December like they did with Final Fantasy. Like December 29th. Like, <laughs> absolutely, like, not last second. You can't say, like, it was the last day, but it was close enough that you're like, guys. That being said, though, I honestly think you're right that if it comes to that, I think they'll push it to 2019 because I think they saw how Final Fantasy being in that weird period kind of affected it. Like, yeah. not that it didn't sell well, but, like, it totally put it out of the running for, like, if it had come out, like, three weeks earlier, it probably would have been a lot of Game of the Years. Yep. And instead of being, like, buried in this year's Game of the Year conversation where everyone's like, Final Fantasy 15, that was last I, year. I don't think it, yeah. it would have gotten Game of the Year is because I think it was a, a problematic game, but I get where you're coming from. I loved, unless, it was just, I unless, loved Final Fantasy 15, but it was a hot mess. Yeah, it but it was a soft year. Yeah, true. But either way, um, but like, I, here's, I think... Here's the thing on that, though. I don't think they care as much with Kingdom Hearts 3. I oh, think I there's so much hype around KH3 that it doesn't matter if it's at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. I would mm. argue KH3 could still get awards if it was put out the same time that Final Fantasy was. I mean, maybe, but I don't. I don't know. I, I think. I think like. I think they're gonna want to put it in a, a stronger position to be a game that like hits at the right time, not that like feels like an afterthought because of the because of how long the wait's been. Mm. And like, I think maybe what they learned from Final Fantasy, but maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. Uh, so, Sean, what about you? Yeah, so I have a, a little game that I that I have going on on my own, which is what will release first, Kingdom Hearts three or Tool's next album. Now, <laughs> I've been now, I've been eagerly anticipating, and when I say eagerly, I mean eagerly anticipating both of those things for over ten years, and mm. I can't wait to see which one of those is going to finally release uh, this year. 
Hopefully, we'll get one of them. I am going to say that we get the Tool album first and that Kingdom Hearts 3 gets delayed to 2019. <laughs> that is my guess. We'll see if I'm right. All right. So, I'm a bit of an idiot. When does WoW Vanilla, like, did that ever get a release, like, year no. or anything? No, no right? No, 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 no. Okay, just checking. That's that's going to be a while off, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Unless they pull it off at BlizzCon. No way. That would... Imagine if imagine, they did, though. Imagine. imagine if they were like, yeah, so you know we had a playable tra- trailer for Battle for Azeroth last year? We have the fucking demo for Vanilla on the floor, and everyone else will get it tomorrow. Like, imagine Boom. that. Yeah. Just that would- completely <laughs> taking the wind out of everyone else's sails. Like, Overwatch League is going to be nothing compared to WoW Vanilla. I think they would take the wind out of their own sails, though, because BFA will have been... So, BlizzCon's in November. BFA will be out in September, allegedly, late mm-hmm. September. So, they would, yeah, they would crush yeah. their own game. I feel like at the earliest we see that, it's like 2019. Yeah, I agree. I just want to throw a wrench that into that. Vanilla WoW will not release until the end of BFA. When, you think? Yes, because they don't want to kill the active subscriber base for regular WoW. So in the down months, when the expansion is completed and no one's playing anyways, that's when they should and probably will release Vanilla WoW. They start sense. talking about ice cream again and everyone loses their fucking minds. <laughs> <laughs> right, what about you, Thompson? You got a pick? Uh, honestly, I could see Sea of Thieves getting pushed just because it's uh, probably going to have balancing things like we were talking about last week with the uh, people getting upset with the griefing and stuff. I mean, that's part of the game and all that. I haven't played it, but, you know, I could see that having, uh, unless they're just committed to the date and then post, you know, uh, patching it. And then barring that, we don't have a solid date on uh, uh, Detroit, but... Mm. That I yeah, think that was is, another one of those early 2018 games we're supposed to get. That mm. thing looks troubled for the date, at least, <laughs> just because you know it still doesn't have a date, and it was for either quarter one or two. Um, and they've been having a little bit of trouble over that studio with some bullshit. So, you know, yeah, and especially when you think about the fact that like we all thought God of War was going to come out in March, and now it's coming yeah. out in April. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that pushes everything back in my mind. Of like, right. you don't want to put out Detroit within a month of. God of War, maybe not even within two months. Yeah, so, so like, it only said quarter one or two, and it's like, eh, that's not a quarter one game. Um, they would have no, I mean, yeah, said it by now. Quarter one's um, already almost over. Right, right? and like, then two, I think that's going to be the end of two, if if it's going to be at all for two. Mm-hmm. I can see it being a fall game now, or even more of a Christmas game, you know, for polish if they need to. We don't know, like, if they finished enough of the game for it to be ready yet, you know, because maybe yeah. they've had hiccups along the way. So, I don't know, either of them... And like, um, like honestly, maybe they want to wait for the controversy to die that, down. That too, yeah. People don't you know, want to like, release a game with some stink about it, you know. Yeah. Um, even if they don't know what it is, all they might know is someone just says, "Oh, I heard stuff about this. I don't know bad or good, so I just won't get it." You know. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it might be, it might behoove them to just like wait. Right, fall or even winter. Right. Cool. So uh, if you guys want to let us know uh, what games you think might get delayed this year, remember you can hit us up at the video game pals at gmail.com and hear your thoughts right on the air next week. Uh, or you can hit us up on social media at the comics pals or, you know, reach out to any of us individually. Um, and, you know, we will uh, be love hearing from you. So or, you know, give us your own random question. Save me a couple minutes when I'm putting the show together. So with that, I guess bump, that means it's time bump. for... We're gonna bump, 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 the news. Bump. The news. We're talking about the news. The news. The news. We're talking about the news. The news. The news. We're talking about the news. 
All right, we got 10 items on the news list this week. 2018 is in full swing. Uh, it's We're packed. So let's just, we're going to jump into a small update to one of last week's stories. Uh, Bioware's Anthem has been officially delayed to 2019, Yay! but not technically delayed, according to EA. <laughs> yeah, I love this one. Yeah, right? So uh, after denying earlier reports that the game was delayed, EA's CFO, Blake Jorgensen, has confirmed to the Wall Street Journal that Anthem will be releasing in 2019 instead of the 2018 release window originally announced at last year's E3. Uh, Jorgensen told the journal that EA believes the game will do better if it's launched in a quieter period versus putting it up against the holiday rush. Smart, right? I, that's that's legit. Um, but during an earning call with investors, CEO Andrew Wilson uh, <laughs> tried to spin the delay um, <laughs> where he said this. Regardless of how it's being portrayed, we're not looking at it as we're not looking at that as a delay. We've chosen to launch Anthem in the fourth quarter. The date is chosen by portfolio balance, not product readiness. Wilson said, "We uh, chose to delay this, but it's not a delay. It's 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 fake news. <laughs> the fake most news. robotic yeah, answer like, <laughs> you could possibly have. Like, but no, it's like what are you fucking talking about? Like when you care. didn't do your homework and the teacher asked to collect it, and then you're like, uh, haven't you heard? Like I did it. I just can't." I sent you it, and then like the the like source code is all fucked up. So like they're like, where is like, it? Oh. You're like, I I don't know. It's it, it must have gotten lost in the cloud. It's the digital of equivalent Google. of the dog ate my homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such bullshit. Yeah, so it, you know, it's it's ridiculous that he would say that this isn't a delay. Like obviously it's a fucking delay. You promised the game in 2018. It's not coming out in 2018. Um, but the other part of uh, of his quote is. Uh, also pretty interesting so he said and we're really excited by the way the new battlefield is shaping up it probably doesn't make too much sense to launch anthem right now as a new ip it probably makes sense to give anthem its own launch window which legit right yeah right. you know battlefield is established thing in the fall let battlefield do its thing um mm -hmm. let dice actually put out a game that doesn't get you know fucking slogged with microtransactions hopefully and uh let anthem come out in the, you know, early 2019 or in the spring, you know, and, and have a little more time to shine. I mean, EA is a business and they don't give a damn when you want to play the game. It doesn't matter. They give a damn, like no. this guy said, uh, about portfolio balance, about when it makes sense, when the game is going to make its maximum dollars. And so for that reason, I don't think there's any reason to uh denigrate them for making this comment this is completely in line with ea they're not interested in what you want they're interested in when they're going to put their game out and when it makes the most sense for them to do so see i agree with that but call it a fucking delay call yeah, it what you it know. is well delay sounds bad <sighs> i know yeah, it sounds right. I bad get, i get that it, especially this is to investors yeah that's, yeah, what, that's no. what bugs me, though. They don't talk to any of the people ever. No, none of these big ones really do. You know, they just talk to their investors and then we get the filtered crap, you know, from that. You know, like, it, it's just, it. you know, it bugs me in a way that's like, you don't need to lie about something as silly as this. It's just, it's just so, like, stupid, you know. But it's not to a make lie. It, well, to say it's not a delay is kind of like lying because, you know, it's a delay. I don't. Like, I mean, that's it's a, it's a spin, though. Like, it's the I, thing. So, like, you know? well, so my point is why I go... To make the spin, just be like, yeah, it's not coming out, whatever. Well, I mean, you he know, already like, said it doesn't matter it is... what they do with the investors. They said they're not losing any money. It doesn't matter. So don't worry about no, it. But you like, know? 
It, it does though. Like that's the thing, man. It's like when you're having your investors meeting, you want to instill the most confidence in the people whose money that you have and who you took so yeah, that they'll give I'm, you more. And I'm saying that in previous things they've talked to them, they said, don't worry, everything's going to be great. Whatever we, you know, like we, even with Battlefront, you know, they're like, it's okay. Yeah. So I feel like they've invert, they've earned their investors confidence enough. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, but dude, you're, you're making a huge assumption there. It's like, that's not, you know, you don't know. Right, like, the only assumption is, is that someone's being a dick saying it's not a delay while it's clearly a delay. I mean, that's, that's it. I'm sorry about bothers me but that's what happens you know like if you want to just be uh you're like that's so small of a thing for them to you know not just be honest about i don't know you know it's like it it just really irks me i'm sorry you know that's what it is i don't know reading the comment he says we're not looking at that as as a delay we've chosen to launch anthem in the fourth quarter the date is chosen by portfolio balance not product readiness so that's oh, a delay. Sure. That's a delay of the release date, but in their minds, it's releasing the game when it's smartest to do so. Uh, I'm not arguing with I, that. I think it is smarter I, to do it that way. I just don't know why. I also, yeah. well, I think there is there is also an air of a dishonesty there, though, because like I believe the reports that we talked about last week, you know, in in the context of uh, of Jason Trier's article, that like people at Bioware have said that they need this time, you know. So like, I think. I think, you know, this is plain and simple. This is him trying to convince their investors that everything's fine, you know, yeah. and like they've had a lot of bad press recently. Yeah, and, I, uh, I don't blame him for picking a good window for the game. I think it does need to stand on its own. I don't care even if it was delayed for years on end. I just think that it's stupid to come out and say it's it's moving back, but it's not a delay. Like it seems dishonest, like they're trying to hide something almost. I mean, I mean they are. Yeah. I, I mean, well, there you go. That's helps. why it bothers me. I mean, it also helps to lend to the fact that, um, that it's highly possible this is the last shot. And, you know, they want to make sure it's, like, the best window possible. Yeah. I think, of anything, that gives more more credibility to that claim that this is the Bioware's last shot. Yeah. I mean, EA doesn't have a great reputation for, for like, you know, because they're the, an honest, open-front company. Like, I think that if they're not realizing the mistakes that have gotten to this point, you know, something as small as this just leads me to worry, you know, because it's so small and stupid that, like, just be honest about that, even for Christ's sake, you know. Then we can start working toward believing that you're doing the right thing for these companies and these games. Um, yeah, man, I know it's not about it. us, but I'm saying if you want our money, like, you need to have some trust, and they don't. Yeah, but you you have to you have to think of the context in which these statements are being made, man. Like this isn't a public statement I, to us. I am. This I'm is... telling you, I know it's for the investors. I know that. So right, well, it, well, I, I think I, I think they lose money if Anthem didn't come out and become successful, and their investors would be being lied to then as well. You know, I really do. Well, yeah, right. So they're still. I mean, that's all I'm saying, man. Uh, yeah, no, lie. I, mean, I get your. I you get understand. your point. I'm not like yeah. trying to beat a dead horse here. Um, but yeah, so you know, we'll uh, in in terms of like this battlefield game that they announced, there's really no other details about it other than that it's a dice joint. So um, you know, we'll see how it all turns out, and we'll be we'll be here to update you. Um, so speaking of delays, uh, Rockstar has officially announced another delay for the highly anticipated follow up to Red Dead Redemption. Uh, as Andy mentioned earlier, um, the game will now be released on October 26th instead of in spring 2018. And uh, Rockstar explained the delay in a blog post, which I'll just read to you guys right now. Uh, so they say, We apologize to everyone disappointed by this delay. While we had hoped to have the game out sooner, we require a little extra time for polish. We sincerely thank you for your patience and hope that when you get to play the game, you'll agree that the wait will have been worth it. In the meantime, please check out these screenshots from the game. We look forward to sharing a lot more information with you in the coming weeks. Uh, so I've linked down below where you can check out the screenshots for yourself if you'd like. 
Um, but I, I say this is a good thing, you know, like, uh, it's kind of the party line from, from me that like a delay is a good thing as long as the end product is good, right? Like if the game comes out and it's polished and it's the Red Dead that we want it to be, like, it'll have been worth it to wait that extra time. Especially like to me, this is the perfect time for that game. Like I, I want this to be the big fall game I'm thinking my team into, you know? This is my Rockstar delay phase. Um, like, I'm just yeah, a treat like, for you video watchers. I really yeah. <laughs> don't know why anyone would have expected Rockstar to put out the game when they said they'd put it out the first or second or third time. Like, it's Rockstar. Their games get delayed. That's what they do. They delay every game. It's twice. They follow Blizzard. It's done when it's ready. Then you know. There's a yeah. there's a really great comment uh, on this Poly or Kotaku article uh, by Doctor Steinman who says, "Are Rockstar games being delayed even news anymore? I just take their original target date, add six to eighteen months, and there's your real target date." Yeah, that's it's yep. pretty yeah, accurate. But like, though. Trust that's exactly what we're looking at here. Earn that trust first, and something, something. Yeah, we can <laughs> trust that it's going to be out six to eighteen months later. Why? Well, it's also just the thing, right, of, like, uh, to the point you just made, Thompson, like, similar to Blizzard, like, Rockstar is a developer that has the cachet to say, like, it'll be out when it's ready, and we can, and, I, you know, I'm of the opinion that the correct response to that is, okay. Yeah, it like, is. I mean, you know, it's like, I think they handle I, it I'm lot. willing to wait another six months for a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, I don't think it's a matter of, like, uh, people questioning Rockstar's, like, quality for stuff, you know? I think uh, they have that in the bag, you know? So, yeah that's kind of easy for them to say like, Hey, we need some time because I think people just look at everything they've done and just go, yeah, fine. You know? Yeah. Well, it's really easy for them. As that gamers, respect. we don't have any other choice, right? Like we're well, going to yeah. wait regardless. And so, yeah, but you know, the people like to be mad and make something of it. Yeah, like, like I, I feel like a lot of time people get know. up in arms about delays for yeah. that's, that's other the games. Point I'm making, is that as gamers, oh, yeah. we can't control when the game comes out. So there's no point in wasting your time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you I really think play another game, especially yeah, when you're talking yeah. about a difference of six months, there's so much gaming you could do in six. months. I really think that should be the yeah. developer's response, and like that's a thing we should accept is that it'll be ready when it's ready. Is like not a shitty thing. Yeah, no, that's a good attitude to have. Yeah, you know the the post launch patching, uh, you know, has become ever increasingly popular for so many so many things and. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Some things need to get out, you know, so we can get the bugs out and work them out. But a lot of developers have used it kind of like, ah, we'll fix it. You know, don't worry about it. Um, I don't know, man. I think people like to have like a more stable product first. There's, I know I do. Well, there's there's a few reasons for that, though. This yeah. is something that I think as gamers we also need to come to terms with is that as we just talked about regarding EA, they have uh, masters that they need to please that aren't us. And they yeah. can release a game early with bugs and people will still buy it and it won't affect their bottom line because gamers want the game and it is what it is and they they can do that yeah. and a lot of smaller publishers who aren't EA can't necessarily afford to delay their games and it's better for them financially to release it the way it is and then fix it later uh, obviously that's a luxury that they only have over the last 7 to 10-ish years but a lot of companies are taking full advantage of that because it makes financial sense to do so Sure. I mean, especially when you're talking about, like, someone like Rockstar, right? Like, Rockstar is swimming in money 
Um, you know, they've already they've already been a major name in game development for forever, but GTA 5 is literally the highest earning entertainment product in the history of the world. Like they've made m- fucking millions and millions of dollars on that game. You know, like so they can wait as fucking like long as they want to put out Red Dead 2 as long as it's good and like, you know, it's it's the product that we've been promised, like no one's going to no one's going to complain when they get it. You know? Because, like, Rockstar's logo is a seal of quality. And, like, to them, it's it's worth it to wait as long as it fucking takes to make Red Dead 2 the perfect experience. In the same way that Red Dead 1 was a perfect experience. In the way that GTA 5 is still a perfect experience. Fucking, what, four years, th- five oh, years after it came out. I, like, I understand what you're saying. But I so, want to push back on the characterization of GTA 5 as a perfect experience. I well, know it's. I know it's not relevant. It's not right relevant now, to so. your point. I just want to go on the record as saying I disagree with that last part of it. <laughs> hey, man, it's important Great. to have a record so that people don't come back and be like, "Andy, you thought GTA Five was perfect." Like, <laughs> I'm holding I'm you so to it. glad. I'm so glad that you took the time to to say that, buddy. So, uh, in brighter news, we got details about Far Cry 5 season pass plans, and they sound like a hoot and a half. Hoot hoot. So, similar to their beloved Blood Dragon DLC from Far Cry 3, uh, the new picks are going to see players dropped into a couple totally random scenarios that have nothing to do with the, uh, you know, American, you know, setting that we're going to see in Far Cry 5, right? The first one is called Dead Living Zombies, which is going to, you know, have players as you might guess, uh, taking out, like, zombie-infested, you know, wasteland kind of thing in a bunch of B-movie scenarios. Um, the next one is called Hours of Darkness, which takes players back to Vietnam, where they're going to do battle against the Viet Cong, uh, which we'll talk about that in a second. And then finally, Lost on Mars is going to have you uh, in a, a space, space shoot, shoot dropped onto that- Mars. <laughs> a, a, a space shoot, yes. You're going to be shot out of a space shoot uh, to be... Dropped onto the red planet to fight against giant spiders. So that seems very American. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no. Listen. So <laughs> these, these all sound these all sound great, but like one of these things is not like the <laughs> other. It's like uh, Far Cry Five seems like it's going to be my problematic fave here, where it's just like, listen, I, like I don't have a problem with this personally, but I can totally see how people could like come at it with like a racial angle of just like. <laughs> Yeah, zombies, Martians, and Vietnamese people. Like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I didn't even think of that. That's it's like one of these. One of these things is a real war that happened. They're not <laughs> Martians, though. They're spiders. Uh, let's not get it mistaken here. Spiders should never be equated to people. They're the denizens we're, of we're hell. We're not talking about and spiders. Them no, on that's a planet. Not about Vietnamese people. <laughs> I'm talking about spiders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but look, if you're gonna get mad about a game. Uh, placing you in a real life war. Uh, Call of Duty. I mean, there's a lot of games that you gotta have a problem with. This yeah. is not yeah. a thing. And this is not a problem. I don't think yeah, anything. Don't, it's a thing that happened. Problem, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anything hasn't been explored like this before. They've had Vietnamese games on the PS2 that were a lot more. Is that like the one game? Uh, starts up and, and like it has the guys getting like it's blown off and shit. And I remember like on the PS2, yeah. and I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. You know, like. That's nuts. If yeah, gonna... no, it, it's not that. It's, like, specifically this context of, like, it's a three-pack of these crazy scenarios, and one of them is, like, literally, like, you're fighting the Viet Cong in the Vietnam um, War. It's like, all right, that's, that's okay, all right. 
Um, but then, so what I think is the most exciting part of the season pass is that it's also going to include uh, Far Cry 3 Classic Edition, Ooh. which is an updated, up version of what is unquestionably the best game in the Far Cry series as of right now. Um, so it's also going to be available as a standalone download at some point, but uh, if you pre-order the Far Cry 5 season pass, uh, you'll get access to it uh, four weeks before oh. the game comes out. That's a hefty time before. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I'm going to do this. Uh, I want to play these ga- these three DLC packs. I would love to play Far Cry 3 again, um, so I think I'm definitely going to do this one. I feel like for at least two of these, it's, hey, hey, you want to do something crazy? Yeah? Here. And they just throw it to you. And, like, that that's the sort of stuff I like for, like, DLC and all that jazz. Just the, the idea that um, it's not... Like, we wanted to do this, but we couldn't find a way to do it in the story, so here's some DLC to make up for it. That's, like, what was fun about Blood Dragon, was, like, I loved Far Cry 3, and I didn't really want something that was gonna, like, continue the story, but being able to be like, hey, we took the engine and made this, like, super fucking weird, like, 80s game where you fight robot dinosaurs. Honestly, like, yeah, like, right, that's yeah, fun. I think cool. Blood Dragon's similar kind of thing. perfect. He also fights for late liberty. Um, I'm not as big on Far Cry 3 as you are. I think it's a little bit too broad for me. Like, yeah, that, that's accurate. You don't really like, like open world the games. open world's a little bit too big, and I would have preferred the more focused experience of Blood Dragon. I feel like they're always just the right size. Not like, gonna lie, man. That's... I think Blood Dragon's the superior game. I think it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 fun. It's just they're like not even comparable. I think it's you the know, best it's one like... by a long shot. <laughs> but okay. Um, also, I think that. And I've never really said this before, but I think that every shooter that's gonna include a zombie mode should take a lesson from Call of Duty Black Ops and include the Cuban Missile Crisis zombies mode, which is the best stupid fun I've had playing a like a zombie shooter ever. Um, if I imagine it's going to be a, a fairly similar oh, yeah. thing to but Nazi like, zombies specifically on some degree, the Cuban you know? Missile Crisis one, where you're Kennedy, Nixon, Gorbachev, or like Henry Kissinger fighting zombies. <laughs> so dumb. yeah, that's what it was. I know that's I know like, the one talking about running yeah. White House war room. So obviously Kennedy and Nixon have to shoot them together. Like perfect pitch for a video game. That sounds like a good time. But yeah, so. I'm I'm definitely excited for this stuff, and uh, I think I'm going to be picking up the season pass, which is you know I don't even remember the last time I bought a season pass. Um, so good on you, Ubisoft. Uh, so now on to some not so fun stuff. Um, Counter Strike co-creator Jess Jess Cliff uh, has been suspended from Valve and arrested for allegations of quote sexual misconduct with a child. Suspended? Oh my god, this is horrible. Yeah, but suspended, suspended and arrested. Not fine. Well, well, yeah, yeah. because... It's allegations, listen, right? Yeah, because listen, listen, yeah, oh, listen to the story. It's always that. Uh, so Cliff has not yet been charged with a crime. So he was arrested. Uh, he had a bail hearing on the 2nd. Um, but as of right now, there are no other updates to the story. Um, but after the news came out, uh, Valve confirmed their decision to suspend Cliff in a statement to Kotaku. Um, and then, you know, obviously this is like a huge blow to the company. Like Cliff has been with... Uh, Valve, like, you know, for a really long time, right? I mean, he's obviously the creator of Counter-Strike, but he was also uh, famous for contributing to projects like Half-Life 2, Team Fortress 2, Left 4 Dead 2, Portal 2, and then CSGO. 
Um, so there's been no official word on what caused the arrest, uh, but according to the local Seattle news channel who broke the story, uh, KRO, KIRO7, or maybe it's KIRO7, um, prosecutors say that an arrest of this type t- typically indicates uh, involvement in the creation of child pornography or the possession of. So, um, we'll have to update you guys on this one as it develops, right? Like, obviously, there's there's really no other, no other information there. Um, but I imagine we'll probably get an update around this this week. This is this is not the kind of thing that I'm really interested in commenting on without confirmation, because obviously, whenever you hear about the possibility of somebody doing anything like this with a kid, it's very easy to just pull the torches out and want to burn them alive. This is a horrible accusation. But if if this isn't if this is correct, then, you know, get rid of him forever. But if it's not correct, I don't want to say anything that's out of bounds and then regret it later. So I'm opting to not talk about this. Yeah, I, I think that's a reasonable uh, position in this case um, because I, I imagine we'll have an answer next week, yep. you know? So, um, you know, this is kind of just one of... This is more of a this is happening that that's yeah. pretty big in, in gaming news, yeah. Yeah, yeah. feels like, you know, journalistic responsibility here to shine the light on the not-so-fun stuff as well. So, um, yeah, unless anybody else has any other comments on this, we'll talk about it, you know, when we know more. Cool. All right, so uh, this next one's another heavier story, but one that I felt like had a much, much more positive resolution. Uh, So last week, uh, you know, or after the last show, right, uh, GDC announced um, a bunch of the award recipients for for their, um, you know, their kind of annual awards ceremony. And then uh, one of them was going to be Atari founder Nolan Bushnell. But after um, the explosion of the hashtag not Nolan movement on Twitter, uh, they have since made the decision to revoke the reward. So I'm going to read a bit from uh, Polygon's article on the subject just because it is kind of a broader story and I want to make sure that, that everybody gets the the whole story as much as possible. Um, I'll link down below if you want to read and get the full context. I am going to skip around a little bit. Uh, so So here we go. Uh, so the organizers of the Game Developers Choice Awards announced today that they have rescinded the Pioneer Award for Atari founder Nolan Bushnell and announced the award will not be given this year entirely. The decision follows a day of outcry after, J- after GDC organizers announced that Bushnell, 74, had been tapped for the GDCA's Lifetime Achievement Award. News accounts and histories over the past several years have documented a history of workplace misconduct and sexist behavior towards women by Bushnell during Atari's early days. In a statement made this morning, GDC said its award committee, quote, made the decision not to give out a Pioneer Award for this year's event following additional feedback from the community. They believe their pick should reflect the values of today's game industry and will dedicate the year's award, this year's award to honor the pioneering and unheard voices of the past, unquote. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that quote real quick. I thought that was weird that they're saying they're not going to give the award, but they're going to dedicate the award to the, to honor the pioneering and unheard voices of the past. Mm -hmm. Why not just give it to someone else? Like if, if you want to honor these unheard voices, like give it to one of these unheard voices, let's hear them, you know, give them this platform and like still celebrate one of gaming's um, pioneers is somebody else that I saw you know? on like the Twitter stuff around this hashtag um, was that like there's 
lots of women who attempted to and like might have made huge strides in the video game industry but were forced out because of behavior like this and like uh, this sure. award is for all the people who never got the chance to be a pioneer hmm. because the industry was tolerant of treating them like shit yeah, right. yeah it's that like, makes sense I guess I just like there's no one there's no example we can give you know like I find that like I feel like this is the this is the problem overall with with the gaming industry where it's like we recognize it but we won't actually recognize it because this is kind of the idea of like yeah we know this is going on and yeah it sucks and we're gonna take away the award but we're not gonna actually give the award to the victims of this and it's it's just it's a really weird relationship that that gaming has with um with like the me too movement and and all of that because i don't think the gaming industry really gets it just yet and i think i think this is like the first time it's really like kind of even come up it's like it's it's hitting the target but it's not anywhere close to a bullseye is how i would Mm. probably probably describe this because like it's listening to to people who are speaking out about it which is good it's not giving the award to the abuser which is good but it's not doing anything else when it very clearly can and like even like i would even say this is kind of like hitting into the whole xqc thing as well back back with dallas fuel like there were a lot of steps that were taken that were really good but they couldn't get the finish right and it was very annoying like it's it's still like yeah, they did this, this, and this, but they could have gone, like, an extra step, like, not even extra step, an extra half step, and it would have been perfect, and this, as well, has that sort of feel to it, um, so, so, yeah, I just, I, I think this is a nice sentiment, but they could have done more, and it's not even, like, it would have taken forever to do, it was just give the award to the people, all you had to do was add three sentences on the prompter, and you're fine. It just choose a a relevant woman from the You don't the, even need to do history. that. You can even just say, "We are giving the award to the 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 people in history that have been abu- like the victims of." Oh, well, of this. I think that's like, what they are going to do. But I thought they weren't giving the award. Well, they're, like, yeah, they're not they weren't, giving but the they're award, dedicating but I, the award. Yeah, yeah, I think they are going to do that at the show, though. Like they're they're going to like be like, "Hey, like we're not giving the award because of you know this, and it's to honor these people." But I don't know. I just so. I, I I feel like it would have been good to pick somebody. But yeah, also. I guess I understand the the point of the gesture. Um, but yeah, just like you know, to catch you up a little bit on the context of it, right? Like this Pioneer Award is intended for quote individuals who developed a breakthrough uh, technology, game concept, or gameplay design at a crucial juncture in video game history. Um, this would have been the tenth award given out since 2008 um there have been nine other recipients um so you know uh, and i guess if you don't know who nolan bushnell is um nolan bushnell was the founder of atari um and he was the uh you know he like is the you know creator of pong and you know is, is in many ways considered the the godfather of uh of also, the american video game industry hired steve know? jobs yep also did that uh, as a loophole when he was legally barred from creating video games. He was like, well, I'll make an arcade Pizza with robots. <laughs> yep. Um, 
And I mean, we've talked about Bushnell's history on this own show. I know Thompson and I both are intimately familiar with his history uh, because we we took a class in college that was essentially a video game history of 101. And, um, you know, we talked about, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, their very 1970s kind of rock and roll culture. Interesting um, business practices, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put them. Uh, yeah, and... Um, there's certainly fun stories to read about, but I, I can imagine um, it being a pretty hostile work environment for, for women. You know? Did you see the response from Bushnell? Yeah, yeah, I do want to read that in a minute. Um, so yeah, uh, just to give you guys some of the like kind of public reaction, right? Um, after GDC announced that they were going to give him the honor, you know, a lot of developers and uh, and just you know people in the industry, fans, kind of came out to call attention to the very well known history of Bushnell's behavior, right? Like these are things in books, these are things taught in college classrooms, you know. Yeah, uh, it's common knowledge so if this- you're looking for it. Right, right. Like, um, like one of the things you know, uh, he like famously would conduct uh business you know meetings in hot tubs and try to coerce like female employees into the you know into the hot tub and they named the uh the pong prototype after a uh a um a woman who worked in the office who he described to playboy magazine as stacked you know um like shit like that uh you know i think like that that is all stuff that um, is well known, you know the the book that Thompson and I both learned it from. The Ultimate History of Video Games was published in two thousand one, and like Bushnell is uh, interviewed, other members of Atari are interviewed. Like it's all from the the horse's mouth, you know. Um, so you know it's like this is uh, this is all stuff you can read about if you go check out this this article, right? Um, which we've linked to down below, or read the book. Great read. Um, so yeah, and then after that, kind of the hashtag not Nolan thing erupted less than a day later. You know, we had the response, um, you know, from from GDC. And then uh, we got the um, response from Nolan, which uh, he, he came out on Twitter. He sent out a screenshot. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to read what he said here. And then you all can uh, can respond. So Nolan said a statement from me, and the the image read this. I applaud the GDC for ensuring that their institution reflects what is right, specifically with regards to how people should be treated in the workplace. And if that means an award is the price I have to pay personally so the whole industry may be more aware and sensitive of these issues, I applaud that too. If my personal actions or the actions of anyone who ever worked with me offended or caused pain to anyone at our companies, then I apologize without reservation. Nolan Bushnell. Cool. Great fun yeah doesn't do shit doesn't do shit i mean uh, there's not really much else mm-hmm. that uh that that like yeah. can be done you know he can't erase the past and the damage that's been caused you no know? but he did so. take the one Money. albeit you know uh, there's that but uh <laughs> the one you know albeit small thing he can do which is to say he's sorry you know uh most yeah. people don't do that at all and that's you know he doesn't. He doesn't need to. No, he's like, already rich and he's made it. It's yeah, fine. But at exactly. the very least, like, he could do this. This means nothing now. He's like, yeah, hey, I'm sorry for for you know all of that. I'm gonna go off with my millions of dollars and and just chill for the rest of my life. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. I know, this doesn't but... <laughs> matter. I'm just. I'm so salty about it all. Like it's just no. <sighs> God damn it. I'm just saying it's a bum scenario, and I agree. But at the very least, he didn't take another shit on people. You know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, it, it's like kind of, it's what you expect. I think this is pretty par for the course to, you know, make the make the public apology. But, um, you know, I think like, ultimately, like, I don't, I don't, I don't expect him to, to do more than this yeah, at this, this point, you know? It's like it's been a long time, you know. If he was going to do something and he really felt truly bad, I know he probably should have done something a while ago. You know, it's, like you said, the book came out in two thousand one, and that was twenty five years after it already had happened. And this is another fifteen right. on top of that, and it's only because he got called out on it. So that's why I'm saying, like, I, I don't expect anything, but the fact that he at least apologized. I mean, most people don't even go to do that. You know, he could have stayed yeah, silent for yeah. the rest of his life. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, it, it's great that he apologized, but um. You know, it's like it doesn't it doesn't really change right. much. I don't think I don't think that that should be the I don't think that's the that can even be the expectation of an apology. Because yeah, it is what it is. Uh, and as horrible as the reality of what happened is, it, you know, there's no changing it. Um, I, have, I have two things that I do want to say. One is that it's very interesting um, and I'm not applying any kind of value judgments, but it's very interesting uh, that we now have to deal in this way with things that happened in different time eras where people were looking at situations differently than they do now. And so um, we are consistently applying our uh, modern day perspective on things that took place in the past. And it's, it's not – I'm not saying that that's a wrong thing to do or anything. I just think it's interesting how that all shakes out. Um and then the other thing is if you really want to know what the gaming industry thinks about this, then you should look at the comment section for uh, Nolan's response because it's very obvious that, uh, I mean, not everyone, but a lot of the people in his comment section uh, yeah. feel like this is a, a hit job and that he's being wrongfully um, uh, vilified and everything else. And, you know, again, you can see the same thing when we looked at the the situation with Overwatch League and everything else where th- this is what – this is how gamers feel. And not every gamer, and I don't know if it's a majority of gamers. I obviously don't have statistics, but this is the, this is the response every time something like this happens. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do – believe that that's a vocal minority um because i think that like there are a lot of people that don't give a shit about nolan bushnell and they're just like they're using this as an example to complain about pc culture or something you know and i i think one of the things that i i thought was great about this whole thing was i i feel like this conversation felt pretty nuanced to me you know i didn't i didn't feel like it was a uh torch and pitchfork like fuck nolan bushnell thing it was more like a is this really the like in this year, right? Is the industry going to honor this guy? You know, like is he the person to honor in the year of like the Me Too movement and and this greater um, attention to sexual harassment in the workplace and um, you know men in power abusing that power? You know, and I think um, I think that's a good point. I think that makes sense, and I think us not giving him that award in this year um, is the gaming industry, you know, at least as at large trying to catch up in that department. Um, And that's ultimately a good thing. But, uh, you know, I I think that there is something to what you're saying, Sean, right? Of like, you know, I think 
it's easy to vilify people of the past, but I think any any one of us and any person can think about themselves at a younger point where they did or said or behaved in some way that they wouldn't now. That would embarrass them now. That would that would make their stomach turn now, right? And we don't know Nolan Bushnell. We don't know what's in his heart. And it's entirely possible that he's grown in the 50 years since some of this shit happened, you know, or 30 years or whatever it is. It's 1976. I'm not great at math. Um, you know, the guy's in his 70s now. And I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that maybe this apology is sincere on some level. And, uh, you know, that it was a different time in a different place. And that doesn't make it right. But, you know, um, it, it is something I think at least worth considering. Yeah, and I also feel like these conversations are never as... We never have as much information and we never have the capacity to have them as measured as we would like. But, you know, for every situation where there's a guy like this who may or may not be um, apologizing earnestly, there are also situations like Kevin Spacey where he you know, very much had not changed from the incident that was uh, cited that, you know, where he was trying to, um, you know, sexually assault that kid uh, who grew up to be an actor. Um, And what did he try to do? He's like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Right. Like, tried to hide. Right. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, at the time... There was there were people saying, well, we'll give the guy a chance. Maybe he has changed. And then we learned that he was still actively engaging in activity that was very, very screwed up. Um, right. And so it's so hard because we don't know these people, you know, like we don't know them. And there's this need, I think, on the part of individuals to separate what we believe about these people based on what they show us versus the fact that they're just humans who can be and likely are very flawed because a lot of times, not every time, certainly uh, speaking to what you said, Pete, you do, you know, there are situations that you, that you find yourself involved in at a younger stage in your life or whatever that you regret. But a lot of people who engage in that kind of activity don't learn from it and they get away with it and they keep doing it and people in power continue to abuse it. So it's very murky and it's just not black and white. Uh, But what is black and white? is that the actions are always wrong. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I don't think anybody should try and defend the actions, right? right. Um, and I'm not even trying no. to defend the man. No, I know. Yeah, you know? for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah, for the clarity, seek for the listener. It's like, you know, I'm just saying, like, um, I, I, I think of all of the debates or discussions I've seen around an important figure being accused of something like this, this felt like the most measured, right? Of like, he admits what he did and, you know, acknowledged wrongdoing, gave an apology and we're not giving him the award, we're moving on. And it didn't feel like um, a witch hunt or a crucifix kind of thing, which a lot of people are trying to paint it as. I didn't see that anyway, you know? And I was doing a lot of foraging through Twitter on this. And, you know, you're obviously always going to see people who have extreme reactions, but um, it felt... I think it felt like a mature way to handle the situation, and I'm I'm glad it played out the way it did. Honestly, yeah, I like I agree with Peggy's point that like an apology doesn't actually do anything, and it would be nice to see him sort of putting his money where his mouth no. is. But um, by the same token, it's nice that he actually apologized and didn't 
deflect or say like I'm being witch hunted or whatever. Like, yeah, I just feel like he's in a position where he's kind of damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Like, because if he if he came out now, right, and he made like a charitable donation to like uh, an organization that is exists to get young girls involved in video games, which exists, there are plenty of them. Um, I feel like that would look like a PR move. That would look like. I'm trying to apologize for this thing I got called out on finally, you know? And, like, I don't know that that, like, that would be a good action. I don't know that it would be received that way, you know? And, like, it would be nice to see him do something like that removed from the controversy, you know? Quietly. Like, like that's yeah. what never happens. It's always some big public statement. Do it quietly. Right. Let's let's not even ever hear about it, you know? You can't, you can't repair your reputation at this juncture it's too late for that if it's well, in it his shouldn't heart, be about that that's what I, that's exactly what i'm trying to say yeah. if it's in his heart to do so do it quietly let's never know and just do the right thing on your own time yeah yeah that would come up you know when we're talking about this uh you know and he, had he done this apology and then pete says oh and for the last 10 years he's been donating to blah 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 it's like all right you know he clearly has yeah. learned i don't even but want it's it like, to come up I, no, I, no, like, but I'm saying like that's what you mean. We don't need to know about this kind of stuff. That would have proven he's changed. You know, his actions, but that he has done in his life would have proved that he's changed or something. You know, so it doesn't need to be a big PR thing. Yeah, because when we're talking yeah. about this, we do measure a man's character based on things like that. You know, and it, had he done anything prior to getting called out, I think it would have even helped a little bit just to judge it easier. And it's just for me at least. You know, sure. But, uh, all right, moving on to some lighter news. Um, so Nintendo had a meeting with investors that gave us some insight into their plans for 2018 and beyond, and also sung uh, some of their successes in 2017. So for starters, the company has confirmed yet another release date for their paid online service. Nintendo Switch Online will reportedly launch on uh, September 2018. Wasn't it so, supposed to come out last September or some shit? <laughs> Yes, it was. Okay. I think it was supposed to come out this spring, I think. All right. um, but then it turns into a paid service, right? So I'm not complaining. Yeah, right. So the, right. the service, uh, which will be you know essentially equivalent to like PlayStation Network or Xbox Live, is going to be either uh, $3.99 a month, $7.99 for three months, or $19.99 for the whole year. Hey, um, that's reasonable. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we and we knew that already. That had come out. Um, we also know that it'll it'll include the um, you know the the ability to stream older Nintendo games. Right. It'll be added to your library, kind of similar to uh, PlayStation Now. So, or not PlayStation Now, PlayStation Network's uh, PS Plus. So, um, you know, we're still pretty far out from this. Yeah, but I, I imagine we'll hear more about it before then. Well, I, so uh, I hope so. Yeah, we'll see what I'm happens. excited. Twenty dollars is nice. I forgot about that. Yeah, twenty dollars a year is is not a bad price, especially if you're getting games every month with that, and they add to a library. Like eventually, that'll become a, like you know um, when Sean finally picks his up when they give a smash or whatever, he'll be able to come into you know ideally a system where there's a ton of games in the backlog, unless you need to have claimed them every month, similar to PSN. Right. I'm not exactly sure how that'll work, but um, you know by that point, you know those who have been on since the beginning will have like you know. 40 some odd 50 some odd games in our our library so um Maybe. you know i i think this is going to be fun when we finally get around to it i hope i hope we'll see virtual console launch alongside it uh or some or an equivalent system um hoping we'll have some of the more you know netflixes and, and whatnot um, by that point but that we'll, was part we'll of see the how it goes yeah. was that like they're planning on launching it 
sort of alongside Virtual Console so that they can. No, we haven't. We haven't gotten any confirmation of that. That's kind of been the. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's been confirmed in any like actual way. It's like there is the thing of like you'll get your games to download whatever, but like I don't think that 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 hasn't been announced alongside of you'll also be able to buy them if whatever. Like we have no confirmation of what their plans are for for Virtual Console moving forward. So we'll see what happens. I imagine we'll get an announcement around the release of this, but I I assume we'll also hear more about it. You know, in in a direct, maybe at E three. Um, maybe with the announcement of some big multiplayer games Smash, coming Smash, alongside Smash. it. Fingers crossed on Smash. Yeah, they'll announce Smash for this, and then that'll be perfect. Mm. I can see it. I can see it. Um, so we'll see on that one. Uh, so then uh, Nindy also announced their next foray into mobile gaming, Mario Kart Tour. So saying on Twitter, quote, The checkered flag has been raised and the finish line is near. A new mobile application is now in development. Mario Kart Tour. Hashtag Mario Kart Tour. Releasing in the fiscal year, ending in March 2019. So it's no other really information the about this one. Lap, though. <laughs> so uh, why is, yeah, right. The, that, we're not even, that arm's gonna be tired by the end. Like. <laughs> we're not. We're not even close to the finish line, man. No. It's uh, not for another year. Um, but this is a weird one. Like you know, we'll see what happens on it, right? Like, but I feel like of all the games they've announced so far, Mario Kart is the one I'm the most like. How are you yeah. gonna make that work like, on mobile? Like the other like, ones, all kind of made. I don't sense. know about that. Yeah, like Mario as an endless runner was like, like a little really bit of a stretch, like, but okay, not really. You're like set on making a mobile game, like it makes no. sense to make a Mario endless runner, and like Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing are just right. Fire Emblem and then and Animal the other Crossing two are literally actions. Yeah, and like dumbed down, like it's the mobilification of those franchises perfectly. Whereas, like, I don't see how you make a game that's like about. Similar to Mario, right? Where, like, how do you make a precision platformer not that? Like, how do you make a precision racing game a touch thing? I, I, I don't know. Happen. So, we'll Nintendo see. Magic. I mean, seriously. You it's... know, if only they had some piece of equipment that would be very usable to, like, very mobile and be able to go out in everywhere that you can go and, like, have it on <laughs> your hand and just put it in All your right, bag. And, and then you can just, you know, like, play already... it, like... That would really switch it up, I feel. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, Nintendo great. Labo. Like, I, I wasn't know. on I'm board, sorry. but then you stuck yeah. uh, The Wii U, excuse you. <laughs> Peggy, we already have a George, and his name is Mario Kart Deluxe 8, okay? <laughs> Mario Kart 9, is it, it's on its way. It's coming. Probably 2020. Sure. Sure, James. Um, so we also got the official confirmation of the partnership between Nintendo and Illumination Studios, who you might know as the studio behind Despicable Me, Minions, <laughs> uh, Sing, and Life of Pets, uh, yeah. on an animated Mario movie. Um, so Nintendo is going to be co-producing with Illumination, and Miyamoto will be the co-producer alongside Chris Melandri, uh, who's the CEO of Illumination, which is cool. Glad to see Miyamoto be involved. Um, so though this story was already reported on the Wall Street Journal back in November, this is the first time Nintendo's like publicly commented on the deal. First time we got uh, the absolute confirmation that it was you know Illumination and that these specific people are involved. So small update, nothing much to report there. But uh, you know, I'm not I, like I guess like I don't love Illumination. No, like, just I, I, I could go cool. into an entire podcast about why I don't like Illumination Studios. So like, barring the fact that it's them, thank God Miyamoto's somewhere attached to this. You know. Yeah, and it's like I I liked Despicable Me. I thought Despicable Me was a great animated yeah. film, but like so why Minions don't you guys like didn't. It? 
I it's not no, no no it's not that I don't like Despicable Me. I don't like Illumination Studios. Like it's very. No, why, com- why don't why don't you like Illumination Studios? I, just because the other three things that they've done the have all been like very American if, culture. <laughs> okay, if if you watch the movie Sing, right? There is uh-huh. structurally nothing wrong with this movie, but it is literally the most watered down everything possible. Like every angle of this movie hits like the most base level crap. It has nothing to it. Illumination Studios is like, let's make a child's movie like of wonder and all that, but remove all the wonder and just like I, something about them. I don't know how to explain it exactly in a short time, but Ooh. basically like um, it's all similar special <laughs> coming up in a few weeks. But um, Illumination does kind of the opposite <laughs> of what I feel really awful not remembering the studio that made the Paddington movies does, where Illumination says, man, it's a kid's movie. Who needs structure or good filmmaking? We've got minions. And Paddington says, that, yeah, you know, that's great? what I'm trying to if say. We just made yeah. an excellent movie that happened to be for kids. Hmm. Yeah, okay. it's kind of like the Cars 3. They're like, at one point, you're like, why are we having this? You know, like, <laughs> you're like, like we, we, planes, fire and rescue? Uh, like, they're not illumination, but like, you're questionable movie choices along the way. Like, you, you can't milk it too much, I think. And like, the thing about illumination is, you know, even if they make a genuine thing, like, like Sing, it's just like, oh my god, it's already bad before it came out. It feels like it's the sequel to itself. I don't know how to, like, to, to get more of a, it's just, hmm. ugh, there's nothing to it. Okay. I don't know how to explain. Yeah, they just, I just feel like their stuff is not, it's, it's not super strong. No, it's, it's no Pixar, right? Mario doesn't like, need to have, like, an incredible story. Go get the princess. Like, that's it. Be Bowser. Hmm. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not okay. saying that they. I'm not saying they can't deliver a good movie. I just like. I wish it was somebody else. Yeah. I wish it was somebody I had more confidence in. Basically, any right, of the fair. other animated studios, I would have been okay with. Um, <laughs> literally any. Pretty much. <laughs> but uh, and then and then the last little tidbit. This one's just you know just some numbers for you. But um, the Switch has at fourteen point eight six million units. The Switch has already passed the Wii U's lifetime sales of thirteen point five six million units. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Peggy, for, for you audio listeners, Peggy's flashing her switch. Um, yeah, so I mean, in less than a year, right, we hit this number that it took the Wii U, I think, what was it, three well, years? we get good yeah. system yeah. and bad system. And that's with, um, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Also, yeah. Uh, software, which is booming in sales as well. Uh, Mario Odyssey has sold an impressive 9.07 uh, million copies. That's Breath of the Wild. Yeah, right? Country. 9 million, baby. It's like 80%. It's huge, dude. Yeah, Jesus right. It's like Christ. when you look at that. Am I the only yeah. person yeah. who doesn't have Odyssey? Uh, one <laughs> of them, yeah. No, but I own a but Switch. You don't have a Switch, at least. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like I own a Switch um, and not Odyssey. Something is fundamentally wrong with the universe. <laughs> yeah, Wait, how it much? Is. How many did Breath of the Wild get? Uh, it's 6.7. Really? Yeah, of hmm. course. Zelda does like but it's much the like game. Me- no, it's not. You're high. Much like <laughs> no. uh, nah. Med- much like Zelda, or excuse me, much like Metroid, um, Zelda is more culturally important than it is important at the like you know box office, as it were. Like there have been a few Zelda games that have sold gangbusters, but a lot of times they don't sell super well. Like fucking um, what was it? What was the big Wii U or not Wii U? The big Wii. Zelda game. Um, fuck. Twilight Princess? Uh, Skyward Sword. Something or other? The one after that. Oh, okay. Majora's Mask? Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword, like, sold, I think, just over this. I think it maybe sold, like, 8 million. But when you think about the fact that there were, like, 100 
uh, plus million Wii's in the wild. That's an abysmal attach rate, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, like 6.7 sounds about right. And I'm sure that'll go up, right? Like, it's not, this is also, not the like, end of its sales. Also, like, it's sold a boatload on the Wii um, well. But yeah, Mario Kart... Yeah, that's true, too. We're not even considering how many it sold on Wii U, eh. um, which is probably another two or three million. Mm. So, um, And then Mario Kart 8 uh, Deluxe dro- uh, had 7.33 million, which is insane when you think about that fact that it sold, like, five million on Wii U already. So, like, goddamn Mario Kart 8 is making them a truckload of money. It's their it's Skyrim. Game. That's why. Yeah, I mean, it's a great... Yeah, I think it's the best Mario Kart yet. Uh, and then Splatoon 2 uh, even sold a, in, a really impressive, I think, 4.91 wow. million units. No, that's, so, that's pretty impressive. I didn't expect I that. I don't get it. It is. Splatoon is fun as hell, that's no, what. No, it's not. It's like, like ARMS. It's, it's better just, than like, ARMS. What's the point? It's yeah. terrible. No, I it is like terrible, ARMS. They're both fucking excellent <laughs> games. You fucking trash Jeez, people. Pete. Ugh. Hey, if it makes you feel better, I don't like ARMS, and I played it, so I can't Those speak about Splatoon. Lame. Yeah, arms is You're pretty all... lame, man. It's just like you know, it's just game You're of all arms. Fucking embarrassment. Like, not even called legs. <laughs> it's Get... just, it's just a game with arms. If we did that, then every single game would be called arms. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Metroid would be called Big Gun, but like that's really it. <laughs> it's called Rolly Pulley. Arm gun. Your arm gun, and then Mega Man is Arm Gun Man. There you go. Arm jump gun. shoot man. Arm gun arm man. Gun, and arm, arm gun, gun gal. Yeah. Arm gun <laughs> jump. All right, so our last item on the news list this week is going to take us into our meat and potatoes, as it's wont to do. Uh, So Polygon this week published an article um, that got kind of the rumor mill swelling. So I want to address them here and then uh, then talk to you guys about what you think about this, right? So um, I, I guess what we're asking is, is Microsoft considering the acquisition of another major game studio? Yes, all right. Great, so... (laughs) What? <laughs> so i've i've linked uh i've linked to the article down below by colin campbell but the long and short of it is um basically exploring xbox's quote serious exclusive games problem and includes uh commentary for some from some industry analysts who uh believe that the clearest path to solving this issue is the acquisition of another publisher you know, so uh, I'm going to read a little bit from the article here. Uh, it's a, it's pretty long, so this is kind of a bit, a bit of required reading if you want to really get this whole story. Uh, it's a great read by um, by Colin Campbell, so go check it out. But uh, I'm just going to read the part that pertains to our conversation here. So um, Colin writes, Microsoft has a cash pot of at least $130 billion, boosted by recent tax cuts that heavily favor large corporations. When you consider the fact that market capitalization of a company like Electronic Arts is around $35 billion, it looks like a handy war chest. Quote, Microsoft overall had a great year, said David Cole, owner of DFC Intelligence, but that had nothing to do with the Xbox One. For the Xbox team, they've got to make some pretty big strategic decisions. They need to explain a strategy for how they can be relevant going forward in the game industry. Rumors of acquisitions are perennial, 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 perennial. Jesus fucking Christ! It's okay. Perennially, perennially oh, favorite pastimes to say it, in the game it industry, but. But with Microsoft's exclusives problem married to its lagging behind PlayStation and its pot of gold, the gossip has intensified recently. Some of the names being thrown around as possible acquisitions by Microsoft are frankly astounding, even unthinkable. But the fact that that they are doing the rounds is instructive. The most recent one we heard from a reliable source close to Microsoft was, in fact, Electronic Arts, 
We've also heard a whisper about Valve and about Korean outfit PUBG Corp. With Microsoft last year signed to a timed exclusive for its hit survival shooter player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Quote, because of where we are in the life cycle of all these things, I'm expecting to hear Microsoft announce something very, very shortly. Um, it's the same guy. Another reason for optimism about an acquisition comes from internal shifts within Microsoft. Spencer was promoted in the fall to executive vice president of gaming, where he was, uh, where he has a much bigger say of over how video games fit into the company's overall strategy. Quote, he came on at a time when Xbox was in a bad position, said Cole. I think he's made the best of a bad situation. The overall strong position of the company is positive because it gives room to invest in gaming. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella is more than enthusiastic about games. And, I, and Microsoft, oh, excuse me, and Xbox, then his predecessor Steve Ballmer, greenlighting the $2.5 billion purchase of, Mike, of, Mike, of Minecraft developer Mojang as one of his first major acquisitions in 2014. So, again... Go check out the rest of the article. There's a little more context. goes into some of the history of Microsoft's acquisition of studios and stuff like that. It's a great read. Um, but for our purposes, I wanted to ask you all, um, you know, before I give my own thoughts, what do you make of this? Do you think there's any credence to these rumors? Uh, do you think this is the right move for Xbox? Um, what do you think of these three specific companies? I'm going to tie this back to our potatoes from here? last week. Go check it out if you haven't listened or watched. Oh, wait, no. This is our first, like, video one, isn't it? If you haven't listened, go check out... If you watched, you might need to tell us how If you, you broke that? into Peggy's computer <laughs> and watched Share the rough your dark she made powers with concept. me, viewers! <laughs> anyway, um, I think it's great. I think Microsoft has the capital and the reason to buy EA, if that's a route they're pursuing. Um... The Trump tax plan has Microsoft sitting on like $150 billion right now, which is like, which is Gotta like spend that somewhere. politics of it aside. That's just a fact. They're sitting on a ton of money they have to spend. Um, and I don't think that yeah, they're, you know, crazy enough to buy EA and then be like, this is all exclusives now. I do think that they're crazy enough to buy EA and be like, okay, cool, yeah. Um, Every EA game also launches on Game Pass or Xbox. Games as services, baby! Hmm, that's interesting. That's an interesting point, because they didn't limit Minecraft from being on other platforms, which obviously was smart. And maybe there is something there of, like, we can make the money selling... The PS4 copies, yeah, if, so that if we can make roll, Xbox a more attractive platform. Like, I'd pay twenty bucks a month for no, but I'd pay twenty for a game pass that month. also included everything EA made. Like, I mean, that would certainly speak to the casual gamers we talked about, who are probably the more likely people to adopt an Xbox, right? Like, if you get your, um, you, you know, get your you get a Battlefield for free, for free you, get your, you know, every other year. Um, your Battlefronts for free when they come out. Instead of paying, you know, $60 every year for your new Madden or your new, I think Madden's the only, like, yeah, your new Madden, your new FIFA. FIFA. Like, you just pay 10 bucks a month for your Madden and your FIFA, and your roster updates are always current. You... Spend all your money on those EA Ultimate Team microtransactions. 
Right, yeah, and and I think even yep. in the context of something like Anthem, right, like it's an attractive offer to pay ten bucks for it and then be able to invest in some microtransactions as opposed to chunking down sixty yep. and then being expected to do I that as well. Th- if if that's what they're looking to yeah. do, I think EA is I, like I think, the smartest thing. Oh. I also think it like ends up being kind of pro consumer because we're seeing a Microsoft that like is still has the capital to say, okay, so we lost the console wars, let's burn the console wars to the ground. Yeah, which isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, but they have enough, they money, have enough to money to make a, a relatively good they can try. at, like, saying, okay, fuck console wars. Like, you can play in our ecosystem because it's better, or you can play somewhere else but still play the games and pay us money anyway. Yeah. That's interesting because I think without that caveat, though, that sale doesn't happen in my mind. I don't think that EA is going to sell to Microsoft because no matter – even it, unless they hostily took them over, right, of like we're going to go through whatever steps we need to to buy enough of the company to take it over, um, I don't see EA, EA selling because that would negatively affect their profit margins, like and they're there we've said time and time again EA is a profit based company and not being able to sell your stuff to the 70 plus million PS4 owners out there that's a lot of fucking money on the table yeah i, I a lot don't of think money that the it, the, or the, uh, and, uh, the transaction works for Microsoft if they don't do that like Phil Spencer's not but that's the thing if the if the whole point is to get exclusives and like what is even the benefit services, really exactly that's 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 Phil Spencer's like whole yeah, deal, but right? that's a huge gamble. Uh, Microsoft to to buy what or maybe to pay EA what EA is worth to acquire EA is like you're not gonna make back forty billion dollars burning EA to the ground for PC and Xbox One. And that's that, and that's why I don't think the EA acquisition happens. I don't think it makes sense. Like they they might be talking about it, but I don't I don't think that. I don't think that there is enough benefit for both sides from the partnership for it to really be worth them dropping that $35 billion, you know? I don't really understand why, like, first of all, EA and Microsoft teaming up is the darkest I really don't think it is. Microsoft has good work. I really think it is. I I don't know. I don't know about that. But, um, so, beyond the fact that I don't think that it makes sense on EA's part to even want to be involved in something like this. I also agree with Pete that it doesn't solve the problem because um, why would when you could make all that money selling games to Sony or you know on PlayStation? Why would EA want to not make that cash? And then if they don't make the games exclusive, then Microsoft still doesn't have exclusives. In which case, they're still not getting people to buy their console. And the games of services thing, I think of WoW, which sells a boxed game every two years and then makes you pay $15 to continue to play the game. That, to me, is the optimal way to have a game as a service, not making you pay $10 a month, but having not bought a boxed copy. If you don't get that $60 from people, what is the what is the guarantee that people are going to pay $10, the $10 a month for long enough to have made it worthwhile to not charge them the $60 to get the game. I don't think that that works. Um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's the Netflix gamble, right? It's the hope that, like, people will 
get in the door and then be like, well, it's $10. That's, that's a different, that's a different thing. Netflix offers you a lot more than you're going to be getting for, you know, like Anthem. Uh, you, 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 there's not enough. Uh, I don't know that I agree with All that. Right, well, we haven't seen it yet. So, um, yeah. It, and again, I don't think that there's any argument in the world that can convince me that selling a boxed $60 game plus microtransactions in the case of something that's guaranteed to be a hit like Anthem is better than not making $60. That's just a no brainer. Um, well, it's not though if like, and I don't want to get too in the weeds on it cause we talked about it last week, but you know, like. It isn't when you do some of the napkin math of like, you know, when you think about like Anthem's not a good example because it's not an exclusive, right? But like when you're talking about like specifically um, the Microsoft owned properties, right? Like, you know, if uh, it's it's not unreasonable to think that if uh, enough of a percentage of, of people that they can net to get into the Xbox Games Pass service, right, um, buy in that it will eclipse the amount of money that they make on selling big AAA games, even at the $6 box price, because there is the, you know, you do hit a point at a certain, like there's a tipping point, right? Where selling more copies at a cheaper rate is better than selling less copies at a higher rate. And it's just a matter of if they can find that balance. I'm dying to see that happen. Um, But at any rate, uh, does Microsoft have a problem with first party? Yeah, big time. And I don't sure. think that buying EA or any of these is going to solve the problem because obviously the way that Microsoft handles their first party developers has been horrible. Look at Rare is a great example. Rare was a huge developer in the 90s and they made amazing games for Nintendo. They got bought by Microsoft and what did they put out? Perfect Dark Zero, which was completely terrible, and then the the Banjo Kazooie game, I believe, that no one cared about. Uh, excuse me. Then they also made the acclaimed classic, and they Viva also Pinata. made the so, not really acclaimed, one. but I really liked Everyone it. Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, that was yeah. no, 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 no. That's Insomniac. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But yeah, you're you're right though, Sean. A broken clock's right twice a day, right? So, like. Yeah, it's been tough going for them since they were acquired by Microsoft. Like, I know Sean's not excited for it, but like, (laughs) it's a lot of fucking fun. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Jury's out on that one. Yeah. Hey, that game could be great, but it doesn't make up for what are we sitting on? Like almost twenty years of them owning Rare and doing nothing. You know, it's a joke. Yeah. Uh, Not making a good use of them. It's a complete joke, and Sony has always been better than them when it comes to first parties, and I don't see that changing because obviously there's a problem there. Yeah, because it's like they bought and closed Lionhead as well. You know, like, yeah, they've they've definitely had some problems in that department, and that's one of the things that they go into in in greater detail in that Polygon article. Yeah, Um, like, I I totally agree with Sean on that, though. Like, it doesn't look good that any of these three – Valve, uh, in particular, I don't see ever happening That's, because that, it's no, PC. No um, yeah, it's like why? It's again like why would Valve? Because sell? they are like, doing okay, and they probably will be always doing okay. And they have the Steam market, I mean, so they're fine. The thing is, um, Polygon wrote <laughs> another article about that too, where they're like, if they could, if they could take over Valve, like if Microsoft has enough money to say it doesn't matter if Valve doesn't want to sell, we can buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if Valve is like a PTO like that or PTC publicly sure. traded company. I'm not. I'm not sure how that works. But um, if they could, they would probably make the money that they spend on Valve back in 
a year or two. I'm not mm-hmm. doubting that Valve generates a ton of money. Yeah, I'm not doubting that they would make I their money back. I, I know that they're like loaded and they're doing fine with that shit, but uh, I don't see that fixing the problem. Uh, I know the Microsoft right. is married to the PC, obviously, and you know as well as that their Xbox and the Game Pass is great for having the crossover stuff. And yeah, I, like owning Valve for that reason would be good. Yeah, and I don't see EA ever happening because either either being the darkest timeline or just EA not doing it or it working out because it does not solve the exclusive problem for me either. And PUBG Corp, you know, it, maybe. I mean, hey, they're on the Xbox. I could see them buying them maybe just for shits and giggles. That's the only one that um, makes any and sense. And they're like, you know, they're, they're probably the least valuable of the three right now. And that, you know, so like none of those really solve the exclusives except for PUBG. Um, just for one game, you know, really on, on just it being on the Xbox instead of the PlayStation and stuff. So maybe moving forward for them, the uh, answer is to not buy a Valve or EA, but to find a bunch of the developers like that they can find proto uh, PUBGs, you know, anything. Be on the lookout for them. Just snag what you can. Yeah. Again, like I don't studios. necessarily like the idea because they did run a few of my favorite studios into the ground. Uh, you know, like they killed them, but whatever. Um, but you know what? I, like we're so we're so quick to no 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 no. I don't know Xbox the details on it. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I right? was younger when those things happened. Like I must. It's like Lionhead ruined themselves. They gave, they let them make three shitty Fable games before they closed. They let Peter down, Molyneux so. talk. Ever. Yeah, no, I it's totally like agree. Fall of Lionhead. They're. I mean, but whatever, <laughs> like whatever you want to say about that, the reality is that they don't have a good track record in this realm. Yeah, it, yeah. end of story. Like, That's what it is, though. Get... It's like regardless of how those studios fell apart, Microsoft at one point was the parent of them and needed to like look out for it a little bit better somehow. I don't care how, and and like they weren't around to, or, or you know, they're gone. So, yeah, I'm just saying to be fair, right? Like we're sitting here singing Sony's praises, like they close studios. Oh, they, I know they you do. Know, it's like. I know. They, it's just that like Sony yeah, still has studios. So, so much better. Yeah, I'm just saying that the they point. still have studios around. That's that's debatable though, right? Like they handle it better because we're aware of their big successes. Like, you know, Naughty Dog and Sucker Punch and, you know, like the that echelon or Gorilla now, I guess, right? That echelon of developers. But like they had seven or fourteen or sixteen it was fourteen at one point, but I think it was sixteen at their peak studios, and they've closed a bunch of them. Oh, gaming you know? development and, like, is and, hard. But that's the no, natural and way. Is, yeah. and that, that's that's all the point I'm making is Microsoft doesn't have the best track record. Um, but I also think like they've they've taken less risks in this area than their competition, and I think that's part of why they don't have a great track record. Is like they haven't owned that many studios. So when you're like, oh well, they closed these ones down, it's like when you've only owned like six, it does look really bad. So I think you're probably right, Thompson, that I think being more aggressive about their expansion in the way that Sony was for years, where they were buying up little studios left and right, or locking down people like uh, Insomniac or Quantic Dream on multi-game deals. And that's that's what worries me about them doing that, is like their track record isn't very good. They don't have the experience, uh, you know, they they could have been doing Sony's strategy all along and had the experience on how to handle more studios and how to handle them better, because they will have some that close for sure. But now they're they're going to catch up on that too. So, on like most angles, it seems like it kind of sucks. Like, I don't really have a magic answer to this, because I think that they would have done it too. I don't see anything other. You got to think it's new leadership, though, man. No, I know. Like, I, I know that. Have, Phil Spencer is like a. It's a whole new fucking right. sheriff so in town. In in that vein of him, you know, trying to fix this. Um, the only thing I can see is just basically have him spend a shitload of money, get a ton. I mean, like a ton, something like minimum of fifteen um, places. Oh, that's too many. No, I'm serious. Like, I don't think it would work otherwise because you're going to have to think that not everything is going to be a hit, and a lot of them probably won't even work out. 
at least the third are going to, you know, probably close before it's even worked out. And I just think they need to throw some money around and be risky and they got the money to do it. So be risky. And if some investments don't return, that's fine because you'll learn some, you know, good games, maybe some good studios that can make some really good shit in the future. Where they are right now isn't bad, but where they are in the future is bad. And if they don't take some like very drastic steps, I think it will be worse later on. Like they're looking at a okay problem right now. Like, Hey, we're underperforming. Right. But that can snowball out of control, you know? And I don't really think that's healthy for the market either, because I think Microsoft really does do a lot for the industry. I mean, we make fun of sometimes, you know, the whole thing, but it's really, I mean, we're all running pretty much Microsoft tech anyway, you know? Uh, And as far as the Xbox goes, yeah, it's the strongest system now. So like, it would be really cool to see some people get their hands on that who are like, really just not able to do it anywhere else. You know, maybe there's a game that someone had that couldn't run on the PlayStation 4 that just got shot down and maybe Microsoft could throw them some money and see what they can do, you know? I don't think it's unreasonable for them to lose a little bit of money just because they want to try to get back into this race, you know? Yeah, I just I think that they have to be more calculating than that. I don't I don't think that like buying up a bunch of studios not just willy nilly is... like they're gonna look around. No, yeah, but I think they it's, need to get uh, yeah. a lot of them. I think they need to acquire a lot of them. I think I think what they need to do is really capitalize on relationships that they have that are working. Yeah, right. For sure. Like, I think buying buying PUBG Corp would be really smart, be smart because you got PUBG that. Corp is. They're young, mm-hmm. they're inexperienced, and I think that relationship could be beneficial to both parties, um, provided they don't try to limit them. And I think, like, they're looking into making new games because, like, they spun off PUBG Corp because they wanted to, you know, make new games and in new spaces. <coughs> I think owning owning them at that ground floor right now while all they've done is PUBG would be the one opportunity they have to do that. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't know that they're going to want, I don't know that they'll want to, like, why would they want to leave that 70 million PS4s on the table when they could just launch PUBG there and keep making money and be independent? I don't know. But I think like maybe people like Studio MDHC, the people that were behind Cuphead, that's a, that's a partnership worth pursuing, right? Buying them while they're small and continuing to nurture that. I think there's a lot out there that they could reach for. Yeah. Yeah. Trying, trying to make connections like that, I think is smarter in my mind than trying to just buy a big studio for like several billion dollars. No, no, I wasn't saying big ones. I'm saying ones like, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I thought you misunderstood me. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm, I'm agreeing with your overall point. I'm saying like, as opposed to buying a Valve or or an EA, right. I think it would be smarter in your, like to your point to buy several smaller studios and, and, cultivate them as the xbox yeah, yeah. studio the sad thing is in the same like, way that sony did with you know some of the other people that they've that they've worked with. yeah like it, it sucks because the microsoft you know market area is it's healthy you know like there's some good shit out there the tech is good you know like it's just like the exclusives really it comes down to it on everything i look at it the like why i still don't have one is the exclusives like the only reason i got a switch is because the exclusives you know what i mean like yeah it's got it's all these other cool things that's a bonus right but i would never have bought the switch had it not had the exclusives that it has, you know? And uh, that's how I see them fixing this in the future. Like, no matter what, you know, even Games Pass is a really big deal, like we were talking about. That is huge. That's the first time I've truly considered getting an Xbox. Um, or Xbox One, rather, you know? It's just, this is the first time I haven't had a, an Xbox like, since the first one, you know? Um, yep. And we're that's very far into the, the race. I think that so the the EA move makes sense. It's like, it's a, it's a huge I mean, yeah, if gamble. they can do the whole gimmick about it but 
I just don't see them wanting to. I mean, I I think they could spend thirty five billion, sure, but I think they'd be better off spending thirty five billion across you know fifteen something studios and making maybe brand new studios and maybe even lowering the price of the Xbox just to just to lower it to see if I mean, people the thing snag is, because I don't know. Microsoft you know? Has I don't have the right so answer, but that they basically have to spend right now, like because giant corporations don't yeah. want to sit on that much cash and. Oh, I know. I know it's they don't. Like, it's, that's why I don't. It, I honestly I don't think that both of them would work. Like, I think drop a ton of money on EA, and also, like, maybe not buy PUBG because I don't think, like, I don't think PUBG Corp is worth as much in the long run as it is right now. Um, I agree. But they might make yeah, something. Not, yeah. You know, if they were bought, they might make be having the chance to make something that was, you know. Continue. But it made it. I thought PUBG was all about like PUBG Corp was all about keeping it strictly PUBG, and Blue Hole would be that, the one that you would yeah, want to buy. Maybe that's the one we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you'd want to buy Blue Hole just be, as a whole. Yeah, but like, um, where was I? Oh, I I think that like doing a lot of things like signing, you know, uh, Studio MDHC to like a long term development deal, like locking up, you know, the up and coming indie names, makes sense. But, or yeah. I think like trying to identify core talent and would allowing also be them cool. to build their like, own studio. Uh, during you know, our like break, being, I was like, just talking you know, about my dude Tom yeah. Francis, who made uh, Gunpoint and Heat Signature, and is now working on Tactical Breach Wizards. Potentially, like if Microsoft were to throw a ton of money at that game, that'd be right. Dope. Like I, yeah, like I think like finding somebody like him and being like, hey, like you've proven that you can make a hit yeah. game here, here, and here. Let's give you enough money to take your, you know, the five people that you like working with the best, the ten people you like working like with the best, things. and go make a game. But it's, but yeah. we own, we uh, own the, the studio, we like own this. The IP, big catch is that, know? like, you guy who basically develops exclusively for PC anyway, aren't putting these games on PS4 where you weren't going to put them anyway. Right, which I think like that, those kinds of partnerships make sense, right? Because you're not trying to acquire a big. Publisher yeah, I don't and think then change the way they do business. Like it requires a ton of changing the way EA does business for Micro or for Microsoft to obtain them. Like it's EA already has the Xbox exclusive like EA Access service. Right, but still, I I don't I don't think it makes sense for Microsoft to spend a bunch of money on a development studio or a publisher that's going to continue to make games for another platform. You know, like the whole I think the whole point of this acquisition is to make Xbox relevant in the game space. And I don't think owning other publishers is the way to do that. You know, like unless they are going to say, hey, these games are only available on Xbox and PC now. And I, I feel like that's such a hard sell. See, They, they have like you know? two options to me. Like they could, you know, be more you know expansive as we're talking about in any way, either studios, games, whatever, cross platform. Or they could just double down and say, fuck it. Everything is, you know, what, what we said before. It's only Xbox and 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 uh, you know and PC. And to do that, though, they do have to start buying up other shit too. So either way, I see them buying studios, you know, or publisher, you know, or contracts. I mean, not just, not if they just buy a publisher, though. Like that's the thing is, like I think this is a one or the other kind of thing. I mean, like we might see them make multiple acquisitions, but I think it depends on how big the first acquisition. That's is. what I mean. Like, uh, if it if, is if, a major merger of two huge yeah, powers, that's it. Like that's all that. they need. And then they can yeah. say. Hey, guess what? It's all Xbox PC exclusive. It doesn't matter now. You know, that requires a huge chunk of money, though. You know, and then the other Honestly, the other though, way is to be more. You know, 
I, I feel like I feel like the the company that comes to mind for me that makes the most sense is somebody more in like the Bethesda realm. Like I think somebody who makes really high quality games that don't sell gangbusters, like Ar- um, yeah, like an Arcane Studios to me. Like when you mentioned no, like, that, yeah, that's why. Yeah, I think Bethesda in general, like owning yeah. all of Bethesda because like they have Arcane, they yeah, have they, they um, actually own some shitty stuff to get Arcane. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I did not know yeah, that. They, Hmm. They own Arcane. They own um, uh, who's the what, people that uh, made Id? Doom? Um, Id. I think it was just the best. oh Id, yeah, Id, I, Id. yeah. And then uh, Machine Games does Wolfenstein, like, and then they've got obviously <clears throat> Bethesda proper. Quake. Like those four studios, except for Bethesda proper, those other three studios, none of their games are like huge, huge sellers. Like right, you know, right. Doom was really successful. Wolfenstein made a lot of money, but like they're not like. You know, they're not Call of Duty, right? And I feel like those are games that I think could succeed as exclusives with having that thing of like, all right, well, we get the cushion of the money from Microsoft, right? Like we have that backing to make these games that are high quality experiences that sell hardware or that sell you on the Xbox brand or whatever it is um, that aren't necessarily going to miss out on, you know, too too much money from not being on playstation like you're talking about millions of sales lost millions of dollars lost but like if if they're willing to make that investment for the xbox brand i feel like somebody smaller like that might make more sense it'd be better for the long term for that smaller company yeah yeah whereas like ea would have to change the entire way they do business or microsoft would have to be willing to supply their competitor with games which i just don't know that they're willing to do like, Minecraft is kind of a unique scenario versus, like, oh, hey, we're publishing three of the biggest games of the year on PlayStation. Like, we could take that away. Like, but if we do, is it profitable anymore? Like, I don't know. You know, it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thought experiment, at the very least, to pick through all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I guess any closing thoughts on this one before we wrap it up? Um... And if they took Bethesda, they'd mess with my they Elder Scrolls Legends, so... No, they just... Like, Microsoft no. being <laughs> be on PC. the place to play games on right. PC, too, because, like, games don't run on Mac or Linux. Is, like... No, I know, yeah. Yep. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I think them trying to double down on that makes sense for how they've pivoted in the last couple of years. Could be, so. uh, that could be a good studio, Pete. I'm liking that more and more, I'm thinking about. I think that one makes sense. But we'll see. We'll see what actually ends up happening. Um, obviously, you know, these analysts are saying that they believe we'll get an announcement soon. I could yeah, see this I being mean, the kind of thing EA we hear about at E3, maybe. Oh, man. So, with all these rumors going around, like, it went up a bunch. It, it's fluctuated yeah. a lot. Um, five day. Here it is. Hmm. Yeah, so the the rumors hit on Tuesday. It's interesting. EA stock jumped from 118 to 130 given the from tuesday night to wednesday morning when these rumors broke and now they're like they're starting to settle back down but they're still at 125 like wow yeah especially given the like that's surprising really awful um yeah yeah and just all the general controversy that they've experienced so that's that's surprising, honestly, to see that it's that high. Um, but yeah, so you know, we'll we'll update you guys as this story progresses. Obviously, whenever this comes out, um, 
this has the potential to be the biggest story of the year, depending on how this all shakes out. Or so, nothing at uh, all. <laughs> yeah, or absolutely nothing. So um, we'll we'll be here with you either way. So um, before we bounce out of here, just I'd like to remind you where you, you all can find the show. Uh, if you're audio listeners, you know, we're on pretty much every damn, damn near every podcast platform. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate it if you guys could give us a like on your platform of choice. Jump over to Apple Podcasts if you really want to help us out and give us a rating. It's uh, hugely, hugely helpful in helping the show get recognized and get new listeners. Um, so if you could take the time to do that, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, similar can be said for our YouTube efforts. Uh, you can jump over there. Like this video, uh, you know, share it with a friend. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're really close to 100 subs. Even if you're not a YouTube person, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could jump over there. Use your Gmail account to subscribe and help us hit that milestone. Um, we've been uh, barking at its heels for a while now, so hopefully we can we can get there. And um, uh, <laughs> barring any um, technical issues, this should be our first Whoa. week of video podcasts on the platform. So if you want to see our lovely faces and actually get to see all our fun visual gags. Do you know something? I don't bet that there's going to be technical issues. Pete's planted a virus in your hard drive. If you don't take back everything you said about water Pokemon, it will delete all of your video. Fuck it, we ain't (laughs) Fuck it, we ain't having a video. (laughs) It's over. Show's over. Uh, Let's work on my iron. That's fine. No, I'm just I am keenly aware of how often bad things happen to us so i'm just preparing us for the worst here um so uh yeah and then you know as always you can you can connect with us on social media at the comics pals and uh or each of us as individuals which means it's a perfect time for plugs peggy why don't you start hey if you want to talk about esports and all that fun stuff uh you can follow me at moriah w it's m-o-i-r-a-i-o-w i also do all the fantasies like the fantasy reporting for winston's labs fantasy leagues for owl uh which is very very interesting like for example uh two weeks ago we had interesting we had someone pick 75 percent of the time for the weeklies and the guy didn't play at all like was on 75 percent of all active rosters and the guy didn't play so yeah Wow. Very interesting how people are people are doing that, and also you know if you're interested in in trying for a free uh, owl jersey is the prize every week. So give it a shot and uh, follow me on Twitter if you want to know more. Cool, Sean. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter only at Sean Soapbox, where we can talk about whatever it is that you're interested in, except Sea of Thieves, which I would appreciate being delayed indefinitely, i.e., forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can Damn check me brutal. out at Tiger underscore millions on Twitter. <laughs> I'd love to talk about Sea of Thieves and like anything that Sean likes, but I don't. I'd like to see wrestling be delayed indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> uh, right, you can Thompson. find me at Relic Vampire pretty much everywhere. That's you know, like I name I use. Uh, talk to me, whatever you know. Don't care. Sea Thieves or not, Battlefield Gothic 2 Armada. Hey, if you're one of the 10 people I've played with over the last year, uh, man, like, thank you. You kept me alive. Good job. Hi, friend. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Uh, As for me, you can get me on social media at loud underscore Pete on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Talk to me about whatever. Uh, See cute pictures of my cat and all my misadventures. 
Um, you can also uh, check out my writing over at CBR. Um, I've got a joint this week up about Carnage and 15 of the powers he has that Venom doesn't. So you can go check that one out. Um, get all caught up before the Venom movie, which... Whew, we'll see about that it's one. Be great. Uh, and if you want to hear my thoughts about comic books and other such things, you can uh, find me and Sean on the Comics Pals, our weekly comic book podcast, which posts the day before the video game pals. Um, also in video this week on YouTube, God willing. And uh, then you can also catch me on our weekly Riverdale review show, aptly titled The Riverdale Review, and uh, pretty much all the other stuff we do on on this channel. So um, check it out. Let us know what you're thinking about it. Remember to write in, and uh, we'll catch you all next. Oh, remember, write in for that fucking free Owlboy code. Damn it. Oh, yeah. You know, get, get yourself a free game, man. Deny me Fuck my Thompson. prize. <laughs> <laughs> Deny Thompson his birthright, and we'll see you next week on another episode of Later, Later Skaters. Bye. Bye, guys.